Oh, we are back for another week of SBS Fly Fishing Podcasting. We're going to let this solo roll out for just a second. Alrighty, guys. I hit the post very poorly on that. <laughs> so, what is going on, my good friends, this good evening? Zach Wild can whale, man. He can, man. I almost forgot how much. Oh, amazing. How much I enjoyed this music. This is a uh, this is good stuff. This is back in the early uh, early two thousands, you know. Is it that new? I think so because the first Oz Fest we went to was in ninety nine. Think about that, and he yeah. was in the second or third one. Yeah. I haven't been living in my dungeon that damn long. It was two years ago. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> no way. Did they stopped fishing, or did they stop? It was two talking? years ago. I was gonna say I had to be eighteen. You made me feel like an idiot. I don't know. Yeah. It was two years ago, this stuff. Been but three years since they put any trout in, I think. Two. Two? March of 18 was the year that they switched it to the upper. So, th- yeah, it would have been three. Yes, it would have been three. Three springs. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, 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 three springs. Sorry. They, yeah, they, just, they just called so it For the people that everything. were listening, our local river had be, had gotten, it, it was stopped stocking it. Well, PCBs, it used to, blah, 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 it used to get Long stocked with short. what? Some walleye? Trout, a few different things. I mean, I do believe though walleye. They quit many Wa- years ago, a while six back. or eight years ago. Yeah. They quit walleye. Everything in there is all natural. That now, doesn't walleye. even matter. The walleye are bigger and better than they've ever been. I think walleye are doing good yeah. there. I just nobody I yeah, keeps them. Been, it's been I mean, there's two no years they quit stocking stru- trout, but they quit stocking everything. So they were stocking muskie in there up until then. They were stocking hybrids. Which that was one of the concerns, like I asked him about, what's going on with the hybrids? Because if you, you don't do that, then what's going to eat the shad? No one ever said anything. They need to at least keep stocking the hybrids, if not anything else. Oh, absolutely. How are you going to control shad without them I mean, in that situation? Yummy. Gotta have them. Shads. <laughs> hey, th- us. We'll just this start show. Netting, we'll just start netting shad. We're going to start netting shad brought to you by. This debate is being brought to you by Predator Fly Gear. Check out Predator Fly Gear. At predatorflagger.com. I got to add, add something to that predator flagger. I got I was out rocking that for hunting. It's not just for fishing. It's for life. I wear the buff hunting. I got the hat on. Last thing they get to see is the, the musky bite and the fly, and then the bullet coming their way. So, I was wearing a predator flagger buff today when I stopped in a, a bodega to buy Good. beers. Yeah, great for going <laughs> in the store. I was like on the shuffle the other day we were out, and I was like, oh, oh I got this buff right here. That's my new mask. Yeah, my, my Wu-Tang Klein mask was in my uh, my normal flannel jacket, so uh, I had to wear the buff. Also brought to you by Eric's Hooks, ericshooks.com. Two new hooks just came out. Uh, what are they exactly, Mark? They're right behind you in that box, Jay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Great plug. <laughs> Way to butt in on that. Way to Mark butt in on that the one. The Predator Swim Bait. Mark knows the PR three twenty predator swim bait? right now. That's about it. <laughs> I don't know if we got any. Oh, the universal curved. Ooh, that's a good one too. I I haven't uh, got the flying tiny changers. Uh, Chad's got a couple changers out here tied with them, but uh, Eric's hooks. Gonna tie tiny and Eric's hook. It's just a phenomenal hook. Eric'shooks.com. Why not fishing? Check out their app, the dock. Hey, tonight's show is being brought to us by. Urban Fly Company, being recorded at the Urban Fly Company studios. Check Mark out at urbanflycompany.com. Yeti. Check Yeti out. Why not fishing? Or no, I'm sorry. Queen City Guiding. 
our good buddy Ryan Evans. Go get a steelhead guided trip or check out his website for materials and flies at queencitydine.com. Heck yeah, man. So, uh, did we hit Sims? Sims Fishing. Fish it well. Simsfishing.com. I think that was all of them. Okay. Just making sure. I, I didn't think we hit Sims. I don't think we did either. Perfect. But you did a good job, Jay. I'm proud of you. You're, you're not all Simsed up today. Just a hat. You're not wearing your Sims flip-flops and your Sims sim shorts and uh, <laughs> mascara. <laughs> Sims mascara. I, I was wearing it. I was wearing it during hunting, and then I. Uh, so a lot of it's sitting, you know, in the dirty, waiting to be washed. Because if I touch anything, I'm gonna end up like I did this morning. So how you did you end talk up this about morning? that? I do. So, and I don't know. We've talked on the podcast. I think on one of the podcasts that I shot, you know, deer last week. I can't touch deer. I can't. I ever after shooting, I, even that one, I was reluctant to even go and touch and get a picture. What were with. you? What? What were you? Reluctant. You said reluctant. No, I said reluctant. Were you <laughs> crouch at the starting line. I was. <laughs> I was crouching. Yes, exactly. I didn't. Even, I didn't want to go touch it. I, you know, so I didn't want to touch anything that got killed this time. My brother-in-law is like asshole deep in deer. He like rolls around in their blood and like is having a great time and like ha ha. I love hair and. You know, so if I go anywhere near him after a deer is shot or anything, I'm like bound to be just riddled with uh, allergies. So I wake up this morning and one eye is totally like damn near swelled shut. I could barely open it. The other eye is open decently, but still I look like, uh, like I mean, I, I, I should have took a picture and sent it to you guys. You should have. I didn't want to get ridiculed that bad. It looked like Tyson. It, I, I went a few rounds with Tyson. and The 50-year-old Tyson, he looks pretty good now. After that fight he had with Roy Jones, but I didn't get to see any clips from it. I, I saw a few. He looked like he was throwing some hard fucking punches. I'll tell you that. Well, he's it, Tyson. They still look like they would hurt. <laughs> but yeah, my face didn't look very well this morning when I woke up. But yeah, that sucks, man. Went and got some Benadryl. Washed my face like two times, three times. Washed my hands. Washed everything. But I uh, walked. So into wait, did did you reach below the belt? Just to try to make it puff up as well? Yeah. I was like, hey, <laughs> can I play with this? And it didn't work. It didn't work. It just got hives all over it. Next time Son we're going to find bitch. him with a dead deer. It's, it's Doing hive. other stuff. It's hived for her pleasure. Hived. For, yeah. Hived. <laughs> That's a good one, Chad. Give me five minutes with yeah, this no, deer tail. I'll be right back. I, I remember why I don't like deer hunting as much. So my dad was like, next time you, we see and we shoot or anybody shoots at you... Shoot the deer. You just you just leave. Go you to just the go, truck. Just okay. go leave. <laughs> okay. Like, All right. Go sit great. in the truck, Jay. You shot a deer. You shot a big deer. Go sit in the you truck. You gotta put a bag over your head next time. As soon as somebody <laughs> shoots one, just put a bag over your head. Pretend you're steelhead fishing and you fell in the creek. Yeah. Just go, go sit, sit in the, the truck. truck. Go go sleeping. <laughs> go go lay down. Yeah. So guys, uh, uh, I think we should go take a break. We did have some delicious. Uh, uh, backstrap from the deer and stuff though tonight. It was delicious. You did a good job, Chad. Thank you very much. How'd you cook very it? Good. Just for a quick before we go to our guest. Okay. Uh, what we cooked uh, the tenderloin in a cast iron. I cut it about three quarters of an inch thick. I had the cast iron scorching hot, and uh, I was basting it with butter the whole time. It was there, uh, one side down. I flip them over. I basted the other side with butter. Only like. I want to say two minutes per side, and they were done. Yeah. And then the other ones we uh we cooked on the grill. I think we had the grill 400 degrees, um, one a gas grill, uh one 
one burner on, two burners off. Um, we got them up to almost internal temperature, and then we uh, reverse seared them. So put them over the, the, the burner that was on, excuse me, and seared them. And then we drank a bunch of beers. That's why I was burping. <laughs> so, That's good, though. I, uh, yeah, it, they came out really good. Uh, the, yeah. the bigger cuts of meat came out more tender than those uh, the chop steaks that you had. Yeah, yeah. So chop steaks tasted good, though. They were. They had a good grill flavor. They were nice. They were just a little bit tougher. I don't, yeah. I don't know if I could have cooked past that. No, it's I just, don't think. It's just that kind of meat. It, uh, like, even cut. we had them last, or two nights ago. And there was a lot more grain in that meat too, from like visually looking at it before it was cooked. It was a it was a heavier grain. Meat. Yeah, it was it was still good though, it had good flavor. It wasn't most was chewy, but it wasn't like that one was just a uh, rawhide chewy, seasoned with uh, salt, pepper, and uh, a little bit of garlic wing dust because that's all I could find in my mom's pantry. That was it wasn't a uh, garlic powder. It was garlic wing dust. Mm. That'll work. Yeah, man. Improvise. <laughs> yeah, man. Improvise and adapt and overcome. We made it happen. So uh, I say we take a break and come on back with our guest, Marlon Prince. What do you guys think? And we are back with Marlon Prince. From St. John Esau's Guide Service. What's happening, my man? Uh, not much, man. It's, uh, it, it, you know, we're, our season's pretty much coming to a halt here. Um, a lot of water is uh, not fishable by regulations. Uh, we had just incredible season up here. Um, really nice warm fall, and, and I don't even know if you can call this winter yet. So uh, there still might be, uh, you know, the boat's not totally wrapped up yet. We still might be a few chances to get out there and, uh, you know, go after something, but uh, for the most part, it's, it's kind of nice to relax. Some shorter days, uh, you know, dusting the uh, dusting off the old vice and the and the fly tying bench and all that, and uh, yeah, just getting out for some hikes, enjoying life. So, what is the uh, the musky season in New Brunswick? So, uh, officially, we can start fishing muskies from uh, May to. Uh, just to November 30th on uh, on the big waters, as I call it, the head pond is where I do majority of my fishing and guiding. Um, being that the St. John River runs into uh, the Bay of Fundy, uh, it's actually considered tidal, uh, tidal waters, which is, uh, and, and that because muskies aren't a sport fish here, we're actually, we can fish them 365 if you can get get out there. So uh, like I mentioned, we, we might uh, might still have a few days out there yet. A uh, little bonus round, maybe, but we've been we've been hit with some pretty huge uh, precipitation lately, and the rivers are uh, pretty nasty, uh, looking almost flood stage. So uh, yeah, just uh, relaxing here for a couple of weeks and see how see how things can out before uh, before things get locked up. No, they shift out a little deeper and get a little harder when it gets this cold. I, I think they just start eating a little bit less. Uh, I mean, you're dealing with. Uh, you know, even my last few trips out, the water temps are below the freezing mark. We're, we're at 30, 31 degrees, things like that. Uh, current's the only thing keeping the river open. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for the most part, you're dealing with lazy fish. You're dealing with fish that are um, sitting a little bit deeper. 
Um, and they're just, you know, their metabolisms are moving a lot slower. They're just not going to eat as often, but, uh, you can certainly still hit those bite windows and, uh, you know, you get a female at this time of year with, uh, uh, all that egg weight on her and, and, you know, you could be in your biggest, heaviest fish of the year for sure. So this time of year with the, uh, the water as cold as it is, what, what would be your preferred tactics? Uh, I, I honestly, I love, I love fly fishing when, when you can get a fish to move for it. Um, nothing beats that hang and you know, the way you guys know, just the way those flies move without actually going quickly through the water. Um, so, you know, if I can get them up, if, if they're going to be up on a flat and, 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 you know, they'll move up for, uh, for stuff, then that's my go-to this time of year, honestly. Uh, if not, you know, things like bondy baits, tubes, um, you know, that, that slow, that slow presentation um you know or slow trolling against the current where you're you know you're literally moving maybe a mile mile an hour or something like that so um you you had mentioned that you do a lot more trolling and gear fishing now than you used to with the the guides has that yeah absolutely i mean uh it, it just you know uh my preferred way to fish for anything is with a fly rod but uh, being that this is a new fishery in New Brunswick and, uh, you know, I've, I've put myself out there as a guide, uh, I, I've certainly fallen in love with, with getting people, you know, showing, showcasing this fishery. Um, you know, I, I, I just love every day of it, just, just seeing people, uh, you know, get to know things and getting to catch their first muskie. But, uh, you know, there's just more people out there that, uh, for whatever reason, they're not interested in learning how to double haul a 12 weight and throw 15 inch flies around. So, uh, yeah, we end up on the traditional gear side of things. Uh, majority of my season uh, these days, for sure. I don't understand why they're not interested in that. <laughs> I, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> um, has trolling and um, doing the bondy baits and the gear side of things taught you anything presentation wise that transfers over to fly fishing? A hundred percent. And I mean, I learned a lot of that the, the, when the years where I, you know, wasn't doing as much guiding and I was really just committed to, to fly fishing the whole time. Um, again, there's just not a lot of guys out there doing the fly fishing thing. So I would end up fishing side by side with, with guys that were, you know, using different tactics and things. And, um, you certainly start learning that, yeah, there's, there's days where you're almost wasting your time with a fly rod in, in certain cases, um, and, and, you know, those fish are glued to the bottom and, and, you know, those vertical jigs or tubes and stuff are, are going to get them when, uh, when they're not going to move up to the boat and follow and chase. Have you brought your, your fly tying skills over to the vertical jigging side of it? I have, and that's, uh, that is interesting. You mentioned that because it's, it's something I, uh, I, I would like to start experimenting with a little bit more. Um, some of my good friends up here have, uh, taken those skills and they're making some super killer, uh, spinner baits. Shout, shout out to, uh, Jason Wilcox, uh, who's up here in the Fredericton area. He, uh, he's actually, me and him are the, we're probably the first two guys in this river throwing fly, flies at these fish and kind of figuring out that side of things. And, uh, you know, much like me, he's, he goes back and forth and yeah, he's, he's been tying up some really cool spinner baits. Um, but, uh, I've always thought of that, that, uh, there's, there's something to, uh, again, bringing up that kind of motion without movement or whatever you want to call it, the way those flies breathe. And if you could somehow, uh, mix that with a, a vertical jig or a tube that, uh, you'd, you'd probably really be onto something. Uh, I, I know there's, I think they're called baby beavers. Um, those are productive baits for people. And uh, I've, I've seen a few other people trying some kind of game changer ish, um, 
you know, heavy on, on heavy weighted jig heads or something like that. So it's, it's something I certainly want to experiment with. Yeah. That's a uh, Mark and I were out fishing a, a certain little Creek last week. I was like, Mark, I want to throw a jig and pig, like a big seven inch jig and pig and just jig it on this down timber. And I think that would be fairly effective. I mean, guys have been doing it for stripers forever, right? Um, with when a lot of guys, when they say bucktails for striper, that's what they're talking about is, uh, you know, just, just literally a jig head with some bucktail behind it. Yeah, 100%. Um, how many stripers do you run into while you're out musky fishing? Um, so it, it's uh, on the St. John, they, they don't overlap a lot. The, the St. John population of striped bass is not, nowhere near what it used to be. Um, commercial fishing... Uh, and, and just the dams have really screwed up their spawning. So uh, they're out there. Um, for the most part, you're, you're going to run into a few, you know, the, those those big old stripers. They're not schoolies. They, they definitely act different. Um, you know, they kind of they kind of hang out solo. And, and honestly, through the warmer months, uh, unless you're fishing in the dark, you're probably never going to see one. So we did some night fishing, and we'll run into a few doing that. Um, and then, you know, in the in the cooler months, so right when things are getting started in in May, and uh, as as things start to turn in in like October November, um, it's pretty normal to to run into one or two a season anyway. So what's a what's a big fish this season? You get anything over the forty eight? Anything up near fifty? Yeah, uh, yeah. There's there's certainly some uh, some striped bass in the St. John that are that are in that uh, you know. 45 plus inch mark and 50 pound mark uh they're again they're far and few between these days but uh they're through they are still out there and uh you know i, I think most guys Not who fish the st john in those sections um have a story of you know something that definitely wasn't a muskie that was ripping line uh off the real faster than they could keep up so. so there's just big night hunting machines huh Pretty much, and there's just so much forage in uh, in this system. I mean, um, alewife, uh, we call them Gaspero up here, it's, and uh, we, we get a run of alewife and blueback herring. Uh, I, I mean, they come into the system by the, you know, by the millions. There's probably tens of millions of those things that, that run in from the ocean every single season, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to... It's hard to keep up with uh, with that many options when you're when you're not dealing with, like I say, schooled up straight bass. But uh, certainly fun when you do uh, when you do hook one. Are you trolling for muskies at night? Is that how you're running into these fish? But for the most part, we'll get them casting as well. Uh, you know, in the early spring, I've uh, I've hooked one on a fly rod, and and that's my story. The one that put me deep into backing super super quick, and <laughs> there's just nothing I could have done about it. So. Uh, that's one thing I always say to people here, though, when they're gearing up for muskie, where, you know, normally, you guys know, it doesn't matter what reel you use. I, I usually, you know, if I'm running a 12 weight, I'm usually running uh, like a six, seven, eight weight reel. Um, you may want to think twice about that if you're fishing on the St. John, just in case that happens to you, right? So are your muskies mainly feeding on like oily, fatty fish like the herring, what have you? I wouldn't say mainly. I think there's times when they are. I, I, you know, the more I fish muskies, the more I realize that there are so many fish doing so many different things on any given day. I think there's fish that make their living in the weeds eating perch. I think there's roaming fish that follow those oily alewives. Uh, you know, they're out. They, those fish could be out in open water. 
Uh, I think there's fish that sit on the bottom and make a living eating suckers. And I think any one of those fish could cross over and do something different on the odd day. Um, but I, that's certainly something I've, I've learned the more I've musky fished is that um, just because you're seeing some fish deep doesn't mean there's not fish shallow. Um, I, I remember, I think it was, wasn't this year, I think it was last summer, um, I won one of the tournaments uh, with Muskies Canada. Um, and I caught a fish in maybe a foot and a half of water on like a really shallow paddle tail, you know, like just under the surface. Uh, and that was, it was a, you know, lower, low 40s fish. And I said, well, I, I know where there's some bigger fish and that's the only thing that's going to beat that one in the tournament. So, you know, it sounds crazy. You're leaving a, a bite, you know, you, a bite window had just opened, you know, uh, and, and I, I ran, I, I, I run and gunned um, down to some deeper water. Where I knew there was some fish hanging out deep, put on a bondy bait. And I think I had a 46 incher in the, in like the first pass. So two fish doing two completely different things, but on, uh, on the same bite window. So how, how do you choose if you're out guiding for a day, whether you're going to go fish the weed beds for the, the perch eating fish or the deep ones or the ones that are chasing the oily fatty herring? How do you, how do you make the decision on what you're going to do for a day? Uh, a lot of times it just comes down to my client um, and, and what, what they're after. You know, a lot of times my job is just efficiency because, um, you know, they're, they just want their first muskie and a 36 incher is awesome to them. It, it, it is an awesome fish, right? Um, any muskie is a, an awesome fish, but, uh, you know, I, I, my job on, on days when someone wants their first muskie or they just want action, uh, is, you know, efficiency. Let's get it in front of the most fish possible. And, you know, let's, let's try and get as many bites as we can today. Whereas, more experienced musky angler or if i'm fishing um those waters on my personal time um you know i might go with the the higher risk higher reward um you know less productive spots um you know that i think are going to hold those bigger fish so on a river that size does wind depict your day at all absolutely i mean i, I think wind should affect your day just about anywhere i guess unless you're on unless you're drifting a small river maybe um, but yeah, I mean, wind is current, uh, you get wind against current some days, which usually kind of makes them act funny, but, uh, you know, you, all those factors come into play, um, just the way the water is moving over structure, creating current, uh, the fish are probably going to set up differently. And it's, it's usually fairly obvious on the water that I'm, I'm working if I can, you know, I keep my eye on the sonar and seeing sonar and seeing how things have moved day to day. This may sound stupid, but fishing a river as big as that is and with current, are you normally fishing the fish that are pointing upstream? They're sitting in, sitting in upstream position, looking to, to move upstream to feed? Uh, I, I wouldn't say I spend too much time worrying on that. When current starts affecting the way my baits are moving, that's when I, you know, if, if the bait's not getting into the zone I need it to, then I really start paying attention to that. Um, personally, I would say I'm, I would rather kind of crisscross side to side and give those fish a broadside view of my bait if I have my choice. You know, if it's a, if it's a flat, calm day, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to weave and I'm, I'm probably not going up and down river. I'm probably going more side to side. 
So that's that's trolling techniques, side to side, and yeah, yeah. Okay. But I mean, it 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 affects the way I would set up to cast out a fish as well. If I think he's if I think he's set up in a certain manner, right? Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I was asking, like the the way the fish is set up. Yeah, yeah. And here's one for you: trolling speed. What? How fast do you go? And has that affected the way that you retrieve flies? Um. Troll- like trolling the fly fishing, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, there's there's generalities where, you know, I think, you know, I, I think the general in the spring, you're going to move a bit slower. The fish are a bit sluggish coming off the spawn. The water's a bit cooler. And, uh, you know, and then you get into your summer months and you're going to speed things up a bit. Um, and then, of course, as the water gets colder, you're going to slow down. But that's all general. Um, you know, I like to mix it up, you know, day to day, cast by cast. Um, because they're muskies and, you know, you don't know what's going to trigger them. Um, even within a cast, one of my favorite things to the ways to work a fly is, you know, maybe two hard strips when it hits the water, um, then, you know, move to that double hand retrieve and just burn it halfway to the boat and then stop it and almost work it like a glide way back, glide bait all the way back to the boat. Um, I, I think you get a lot of attention that way. A lot of, you know, that herky jerky and keep them, keep them guessing. Yeah, man. That, hey, that's that's a great way to vary a retrieve within a retrieve. Yeah, yeah. As, as far as trolling speeds go, my favorite quote was uh, I think it was Mike Lazarus, who's uh, like, man, this that, Laz. If you haven't heard of him, look him up. He's he's forgotten how many fifty inches he's caught in his life. He fishes the St. Lawrence up here uh, out of Quebec, um, and his quote was, "I never let a fish see my bait going the same speed for more than fifteen seconds." So he's his hand is on that throttle all day long, moving that bait anywhere from six miles. Like in midsummer, he's probably going anywhere from six down to four, um, just constantly changing it up. So this maybe sounds stupid, but would that be where something like the uh, the Fat AZ's Project X would come into a uh, come into effect? Did yeah, you- that, I've I've uh, I've looked long and hard at that. It's it's a it's a pretty big price tag. I actually even uh, I was having a conversation with Vance about that not long ago. I messaged him, and um, I, I, it's it's a pretty incredible tool, um, you know. It, and really, when you think about it, it's not that much. Uh, it's not that much more, or uh, isn't even more expensive, I guess, than uh, than uh, what what guys are paying for electronics these days. And it, it certainly would put a lot of fish in the boat. Yeah, yeah, it would. Um, if anyone doesn't know, it's it's a rod holder for trolling that that moves the rod back and forth, correct? Yeah, yeah, it's it's something. Uh, I forget the fellow's name, Andy. Andy, uh, I, I I listen to their podcast uh, every now and again, and yeah, it's something he, you know, they dreamt up and he built, and it, it seemed to work out well for him. So, yeah, man, yeah, that's a slick idea. That's a diamond in the rough idea too. Yeah, I, I mean, there's. I still hear t- tales of old time guides that uh, if you went fishing with them, you had the rod in your hand and you were expected to work work that bait uh, all day long. And uh, jerk trolling certainly a thing. Uh, some people still do that. Maybe slow slow trolling. Uh, you know, things like jakes and stuff like that, and and ripping that bait as as you're moving along. Do you expect your clients to do that? No, I, I certainly don't. No. Uh, I, I mean, I give them the option to. Some guys try it for a while. Uh, you know, I, I think it's it's one of those things where you would probably trigger X amount more bites throughout a season. Is it substantial? 
over the course of a year, likely. But uh, for the, I, I still think for the most part, if you're working that, if, if your boat's working that bait the right way and you are doing things like changing speeds, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of the times a muskie's going to eat, he's going to eat and, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you're pulsing that bait or not. So Marlon, um, some of the most epic trip pictures I ever saw were you going to Maine and just setting up in a canoe for a week and floating little streams for, uh, for muskies. Did you get to do that at all this year or did COVID shut that down? Unfortunately, I did. I didn't. No, COVID shut down uh, the border up uh, up there, so we uh, we couldn't get out of New Brunswick, couldn't get into Maine, um, which yeah was kind of a bummer because it's it's certainly uh, as mentioned. I, I I spent a lot more time um, on the gear side of things this season, and that's usually kind of my my week, my big trip where I, I bring nothing but fly rods, and it's just the it's really fun water to fish um wild muskies out there like they just they're just mean they've probably you know a lot of never been hooked before uh and uh yeah unfortunately i didn't get to happen so um i i guess it's a good time to go into you know what 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 did happen this season um initially when covid hit um a lot of my out of out of town clients uh you know, from out of province or, or out of country from the States, uh, you know, they ended, they ended up canceling their trips. And my original plan was to do nothing but explore some new water, uh, even in New Brunswick that we have that's somewhat similar, some moving water, some tailwater stuff. Uh, I even bought a, a second boat for that. I got a little 1436 John with a old 99, and I had uh, had a buddy weld up a skeg guard for it. Yeah, boy. So uh, I, I, I got to do a little bit of that. Um, and then the phone started ringing, the calendar started filling up and, uh, yeah, I didn't get to explore it as much as I'd like, but, uh, certainly did, uh, flirt with some, some new water that, uh, we'll be seeing a lot more of me next year. Did you get to find anything or find anything promising in your, yeah, four, bit of four for four on our first day was pretty good. So that was, uh, that's pretty promising. I think fucking, yeah, fucking bragger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll counting, be back right? on those waters. And uh, what's cool is some of it is fly only. So, uh, you know, like changes to fly only as of like July. Uh, and really, it's just the, the big question mark are the flows, the lower water levels in the summer. Is that going to affect the, those fish I was seeing earlier? Are they going to move out of those areas? Um, time will tell, I guess. You guys typically make it through a whole summer or does it get too hot? The last two years, we we've had to shut her down briefly. We, uh, I wouldn't say completely shut it down on certain bodies of water. I did, uh, you know, years, you know, before the last couple seasons, we never really got anywhere higher than maybe 77, 78. Um, what's we don't really have a thermocline either. Even in that big water, I've, I've told you guys about where. You know, we're out there trolling in open water that's 60 to 100 feet deep because, you know, this is a, it's a head pond or a reservoir type system. Um, you know, that flow is, is moving through. So there really is no thermocline. Um, what you see at the surface, it's not much cooler um, down 30 feet deep, 40 feet deep. And we've, we've checked that out with, uh, with thermometers and everything. So, uh, yeah, this year we got into the 80s for a bit. So I, you know, I, I, I just went to different water that's that's another nice thing where we do get below one of those dams you've got the 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 cooler water that's you know where it's 80 
plus midday on the uh, on the bigger stuff, you can go down below the dam and it might be 74, 75 uh, midday. Uh, but even that stuff started getting uh, into the high 70s. So that's when we kind of started uh, uh, messing around with some of the night fishing and uh, that worked out pretty well for us as well. If you move down into a different, like below the dam into a different like stretch of water, are you running a different quality of fish or you still uh, able to find the monsters? Uh, no, I, 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 I mean, there's still that stocky, uh, St. John river fish that people uh, have gotten used to seeing. They, they've still got that same build. Um, they're, they're younger fish. It's a younger fishery because it's taken muskies longer to get, you know, they migrated downstream. So they are younger fish. And then the other thing is, uh, it's an urban fishery. You're, you're launching right downtown, uh, in Fredericton. Well, you know, five years ago, that didn't really matter. There weren't as many people musky fishing. Um, New Brunswick kind of hit musky fever this year. I mean, it was crazy. That I, I didn't fish that water a lot just because of the pressure it was seeing. Um, and, you know, if I can take my clients to fish that aren't pressured, that's, you know, that's what I'm going to do. So uh, I didn't fish that water a ton this year. But, uh, so yeah, I think, I think that's part of it too. Those big, those big, you know, upper forties, uh, fish and, and, and whatnot are still down there. They've just, uh, they've seen a lot of baits. They've lived a long life, uh, right in a city where, you know, daily they're, they're seeing boats and, and everything, uh, come by them. So is that where the fly only is located or is that, a uh, no, some of the fly only stuff is, is, um, is upriver a bit more. Now with that, what is, what's the deal with it? What? Is it date to date or is it for a certain reason? Everything in New Brunswick kind of goes back to uh, salmon to protect the salmon, which gotcha. are just, you know, the Bay of Fundy salmon are just struggling. Uh, it's not just the St. John River. It's any river that comes uh, in and out of the Bay of Fundy. So uh, that's really what those those rules are there for. Um, you know, the, the tough part about that water is is even in the spring, uh, I know one guy who had a jet boat who used to do some guiding for smallmouth, and even he said, you really got to know your stuff up there. So, um, you know, like there was days where he said he would get he would get stuck and have to get out and, you know, push over sandbars and, and things like that or wait till the dam opened back up uh, and there was some flow to get him through. So that's something I need to, you know, really spend the time and get to know that type of water to see just how to navigate it. Are the salmon still around? enough um to warrant the the fly fishing only regs and stuff no not 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 really i mean honestly it's uh it, it they're just old laws things take time to to move here um i can get into that if you'd like i have been working yeah absolutely with, uh, I, so yeah i mean again you know not it, it's it's probably the same anywhere um but uh really new brunswick they're just really hanging on to this this history of salmon and everything and um, I, I, you know, I try not to talk bad about the salmon world cause I certainly love hooking an Atlantic salmon. It's, you know, I, I'd be out there if there was no muskie here, I'd probably be a diehard salmon fisherman just because of the challenge those fish present and, you know, how fun it is to, to go salmon fishing and hook into one of those bright chrome fish. Um, but yeah, they, they're, you know, they're, they're, the eyes are not fully open to the opportunity People don't have a full grasp on how special this musky fishery is here. Um, I don't think they realize how rare uh, a, a, a natural spawning population of fish is. 
um, let alone one that, you know, is producing fish uh, in this size. So uh, I'm really trying to step up as, uh, you know, the chairman of our Muskies Canada uh, chapter here. Um, I reached out to one of our ministers who is fairly forward thinking and uh, got, you know, he made the time for me to sit down with him and some DNR officers. Um, I came up, I, I put a lot of work into a proposal for new bag limits and uh, retention size for muskies here, trying to get us in line with what's going on in places like Ontario, where they're having a lot of success with their muskie fisheries. Um, what was really cool is uh, not long after that, um, I think one of the DNR officers reached out to one of the local universities. We've, uh, I've had a few of them out on my boat now. We're doing uh, population density studies. We're doing mercury content studies. Um, we're really put, trying to put some teeth behind this proposal that I came up with. And uh, hopefully in the next couple of years, we'll see things uh, move in the right directions as far as protecting the, the muskie fishery here in New Brunswick. Because um, right now, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys read the regs. Uh, we, we had a huge win, uh, and this is laughable, uh, maybe five years ago when they moved the limit from 10 muskies a day to five per day. Five? And it's, it's, it, yeah, it's basically any size you want. Oh, you could pull a trigger up with that, man. So they're they're, they're treated worse <laughs> yeah. than pike then. So, so uh, any l- size. Luckily, you any... know they are a tough fish to catch on our river, and majority of musky fishermen here in New Brunswick are catch and release. Um, you know, and again, like I said, people are really starting to respect the muskies for what they are. Um, you know, you still get the ignorance, kill them all. They're crap fish. They don't belong here. Um, all that stuff. They're but, eating all the birds. Uh, I, I, you know, Salmon. five years ago on Facebook, if you posted a muskie, the majority of people had no idea how to hold one. You know, uh, now everybody in New Brunswick's kind of in line with the, the rest of the muskie world where uh, if you post a muskie dead, people are going to go say, why the hell would you kill that thing? You know, you could have put it back. That thing's going to grow bigger, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, here's, here's how I, uh, the biggest thing I've noticed is I, I fish in a lot of small communities and, you know, people see the big, the big rods and reels and baits and stuff when you're pulling in the gas station and, you know, the old timers years ago would say, I hope you're killing every one of those damn things. And, uh, you know, these days it's more like, you know, they've seen their town on TV. They've seen, uh, the fishermen coming into the restaurants, buying boats, um, you know, supporting the local economies. And now they're like they're impressed with the size of the fish that are coming out of that river. And they're asking you how the fishing has been. Have you gotten any good ones? Um, so yeah, it's a little bit more excitement about the, the fishery here these days. Good. That's great to hear. It is. That's awesome. We've been humble in our approach. You know, almost everybody that uh, fishes muskies in, in New Brunswick is part of muskies Canada. And that's always been our goal is just to be informative, be humble, um, you know, let let people know what what we actually have here, and it's it's starting to work. And Muskie Canada's the like a brother or sister group to Muskie Inc. in America, it, correct? Exactly, yeah. They're, they're it's basically the exact same thing as Muskie Inc. They they you know they do all kind of research projects. All the different chapters, um, you know, help each other out and, and donate to the different causes and everything. And uh, you know, I, I I'll be the first to admit I I'm not a club guy. When I started fishing, I wanted nothing to do with a fishing club. I, I enjoy the solitude, um, but you know when I started to meet the people in the muskie community um, and realized you know what this fishery here in New Brunswick really needs the help, really needs the promotion if it's if it's gonna continue on the same path and get better, 
So uh, I, I, you know, it was a no brainer to get involved and I'm, I'm glad I did. So still no size limit on those fish. No, no, unfortunately. Um, but uh, again, you know, it, they... it's going to happen, uh, you know, just like anywhere, some guy with the, uh, you know, the old Hildebrandt or, uh, the, you know, the Mr. Twister is going to get that 50 incher and take it home. But that's, that happens in every fishery everywhere. It's, it's, it's just part of the game. Um, can you tell us uh, what the size limit you're project or you're trying to push for is? You're like a slot. So I mean, I I want things to be in line with Ontario, where we're talking, you know, a, a size limit basically in that in that. I, I mean, I'm I'm asking for zero, um, just because of uh, there's still a call in our dams, and and the reason being is DNR doesn't like the call, but DFO runs our dams, so it's fish migrating back up river. Um, are, are being terminated or euthanized um, as they run through this fish ladder that's actually more like an elevator in a basket. So um, anywhere from 30 to 50, 60 fish have been reported um, killed at the dam every season. So um, I'm saying until that call start stops, we should have zero retention whatsoever. Um, I doubt I will be successful in that, but you got, you got to ask for it. So uh, my next my next hope is that we can align ourselves with uh, trophy fisheries in Ontario, where you're seeing uh, you know uh, retention limits in the uh, in the low 50s or mid 50 inch range. Is it sought after like as to eat? Do people think that's that's like edible fish up there? Or? Not here. Uh, you know, there's people everywhere that'll eat anything, but generally no. Um, up in Maine, it is. Uh, in Maine, it's it's crazy. They've got, uh, if you've ever looked up the Fort Kent Muskie Derby in Maine, mm-hmm. um, they've got a full muskie cookout <laughs> for, <laughs> for the whole weekend while people bring in their, their catches. It's, it's totally old-fashioned, and, um, you know, there's, I, I believe there is some research going on in Maine right now. Um, they are trying to figure out, you know, um, if it's what size limits they should have and if they should be putting some kind of retention limit on the fish up there, um, up there, there's a little bit of a different argument where, you know, and I think they're probably right in saying the forage isn't in the river. The biomass for musk to support that many muskies is not in up there in the river. Uh, and I certainly seen that when I've gone up there, um, you know, oftentimes I I'm, I'm using, um, little single deceivers and things like that to catch, uh, muskies in those small rivers and uh, you know one one could probably come to the conclusion that you know chub and suckers just don't get big enough for muskies to eat because there's too many muskies and not enough forage and that's not in any of the uh the native brook trout streams is it in maine yeah yeah places like that i mean the saint john was always known for uh for decent brook trout fishing but some of the tributaries up there uh, and I mean, you can just see it. You you you're canoeing through this water, and it's just perfect brook trout water. It's it's clear, it's cold, uh, and then you're seeing that like black that, that black trout water. Um, you know, they I, I think up there they they probably the, the muskies probably did do a bit more of a number on the on the native trout populations than say in New Brunswick where that really didn't exist as much. Yeah. So, um, Marlon, you you definitely have your own personal style for tying flies um has that transferred over to your style for uh for trolling have you started gluing uh 
jungle cock eyes on trolling baits? And... <laughs> no, I don't think I've done that. Um, honestly, I, I man, I've uh, I was on a game changer. Um, like that's I tied a lot of game changers last year, and when I did fly fish this year, I didn't find myself switching very far from that. Um, I, I, I tie a couple um, kind of Buford patterns or Buford. Uh, I think we laughed about that last time. I'm still not sure what's right, but uh, you're you're, <laughs> you're always right. What what Joe does, uh, good speed with uh, the the glued heads and stuff. I'll I'll lay the epoxy or the glue real heavy on that head, and you just get that crazy glide bait knuckleball uh, action. Um, I, I, I'm really in awe of what Joe does. He's certainly an innovative tire. Um, one of the things I found with my game changers this year. Uh, was treble hooks. I, I made the the plunge, um, so I'm basically adding a, I'm basically adding another shank, and bending that on a 90 or almost like a 45, and I'm running a, a, a split ring to a swivel to another split ring and then a small treble hook like a, it's like a one aught uh, kamigatsu, and um, man the difference in, in keeping muskies pinned is just phenomenal. Um, it ends up in the corner of their mouth almost every time. It's just this tiny little treble hook. And, uh, you know, that now that you've got that swivel, um, that fish, you know, the fly's not even in the fish's mouth half the time. It's just that treble hook. And, you know, the, the fish can, can do those crazy death rolls, those gator rolls, and that swivel's helping you out a lot there. I, I personally like hanging doubles myself. But my, the only thing I can think about is when I'm casting it, I'm like, there's a lot more iron here to get stuck in the back of my head if a cast goes wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's, I guess that's just, uh, you know, price of admission. I don't know. I've, I've been pretty <laughs> lucky that way. I've, I've never worn one. Um, I, I guess I do when I'm, when I've got clients on my boat, I, uh, uh, the way my boat's set up, I've got all my rods vertical off the center console. Um, so I kind of, I stand on top in there and I work the trolling motor from a, from a uh, from a controller from a remote and uh i've kind of got uh, those rods on the side have saved me uh, a couple times from wearing like a pounder bulldog or something in the head or or a fly a few times so jesus christ no cast over the middle of the boat <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you're, yeah. you're kind of like wilson from the show home improvement like the neighbor yeah yeah i'm just i'm hiding <laughs> in there yeah it's cost me a few rod tips uh, before, but you know, again, that's just the price doing business. Hey, that's better than the ER trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> does that does that uh, set up with the the swivel on the treble transfer over to any of the gear that you're throwing? Are you changing any anything on some of the? Um, actually, yeah, I do. Uh, when I'm trolling, uh, it, it depends on the bait. If it's going to kill the action of the bait, I won't do it. But uh, if I'm trolling like. Any bait that I can get away with doing it on, I'll I'll add a a, a swivel on on my rear hook. So my re- from uh, from the rear hook hanger, it'll it'll be the same thing as the fly, where there's a, a split ring, um, there's a uh, there's a swivel, a heavy swivel to another split ring, and then the hook. And uh, man, since I started doing that, and I'll upsize those hooks typically on the back, uh, where if I'm maybe I'm running sixes or five aughts um on my uh, on my bait on the main like on the front and center hook um that back one might be a seven aught and uh man a lot of big fish have come into the boat with just one of those hooks 
uh, on that rear hook. And I, I think those fish, uh, I've seen some underwater footage where you see fish just kind of nipping at the bait. They're, they're not committing to it. Um, I've had a lot of big fish come in, which is one of those rear hooks uh, through the lip. So I, I think it helps uh, that and uh, along with mono as well. Uh, we're, we're, we're not trolling the Canadian Shield here where I, I don't have to worry about my baits grinding off of sharp rocks and ledges and things like that. So uh, I, I troll a lot of mono uh, on my, uh, when, I'm, when I'm trolling gear, and I think that stretch helps keep those fish pinned as well. Hmm. Keeps that hook buried, doesn't, yeah. doesn't pull it. So your game changer, you're tying on all shanks, like 100% shank, and then you're dropping the trebles off of that, correct? Yeah, yeah, I, I might I might use uh, like a, maybe a two a two odd D10s or something or uh, something similar like that um, on the rear just to have something there. Um, but uh, almost all yeah, pretty much all my flies now, and and I've even retrofitted fitted some of my old uh, like hang times or you know just just normals uh, normal flies where I've, I've uh, found a way to to cut off the the shank and and add a treble hook in there as well. Yeah, man, that's that's something for us to start thinking about as well. Um, when you were fishing the little main Mainer creeks, could you do something like that as well, or is that just mainly for the big river? Well, I, again, I didn't get up this year, and this is the year. This is the year I made the change oh, okay. um, to the trebles. But I mean, I've I've just visually seen the difference. I mean, um, I had a I had a client up with me, not this year, the year prior. And he had a monster fish on a fly. Um, and, and, I mean, two years they stocked them. All right, so um, what, one of the most memorable days this, this summer for me uh, guiding was, was a client who, who booked a day for the, uh, with a fly uh, for, to get one on a fly rod. Um, Dan, Dan's his name. And uh, I fished with Dan before. He's, you know, he's super tactical fisherman, really good nymph fisherman. Uh, he's fished, uh, I, I believe he fished competitions and stuff, uh, over in the UK. He's, he's from Ireland. Um, so anyway, Dan wants to do a day of musky fishing and, uh, I, I got, I knew it was going to be a scorcher. I mean, we, they, they, it was that first big heat wave that hit in, uh, in mid or late June, I think it was. So, uh, I got Dan out there, um, in the dark, we launched the boat, um, sun's just coming up and I, I took him to a B spot, I think first. Uh, spend 10, 20 minutes, uh, you know, showing him the ropes, how to make sure he was working the fly right and explaining how the figure eight works and everything. Um, you know, he, he was working the fly perfectly. I knew that if, you know, the fish were on, he would, he, he would have a good shot that day. Um, the only thing he was a little iffy on was that figure eight and going like, do they really, you know, do I really have to do this every time? And I, I, I said, yeah, like, especially with the fly, it seems uh, most of that action uh, is going to be in that, in the last couple strips or during the figure eight. So, um, five minutes on, uh, you know, on our, on our a spot, the sun's still, you know, just coming up and he has like an upper thirties fish come in on him, um, swipe at the fly and, you know, I could see the knees buckle and he's shaking and going, <laughs> oh, but, you know, uh, just didn't get iron, just didn't get, didn't get the fly in its mouth. But uh, that proved to him that that figure eight, you know, is, is certainly essential and you got to commit to it. So um, we fished, uh, I, it ended up being like a 15, 16 hour day, something crazy like that. And he did take some breaks, um, you know, from, from the fly. He recognized that uh, in that kind of heat, you're just, you know, you're not going to last all day doing that. So I think we took a trolling lunch 
Um, and he, he messed around through some rubber and glide baits and stuff like that. Um, didn't, didn't get any action. Uh, as that light started to change in the evening, um, you know, he was, he was a little distraught that we hadn't seen a fish since the morning. And, you know, I'd kind of talked about bite windows and things like that. So we're, we're both kind of wondering, Hey, did we, did we miss the mark? Was that our shot? Um, anyhow, uh, you know, uh, we, we started talking and, and he's like, well, let's go back one more spot. Uh, you know, we got sunset that, that could trigger him. Uh, what do you think? Should I use the gear? Should I use the fly? And I kind of, you know, I'd take him aside and do a little bit of a pep talk with him and say, like, dude, you, you came here to do something. I want to see you do it. You've already proved that, you know, you, you do it. You're working it the right way and that these fish will eat that. You've already had one commit to your fly today. So just, you know, make sure you're rested and, and you know, work your ass off here for the next uh, 20, 30 minutes. And, and let's see what we can do. And, yeah, 15 minutes uh, as the sun was setting on that last spot. Uh, he had a 42-inch muskie come in and just smoke his fly on the figure eight. No fly. I think it was second turn of the figure eight. Um, he played it perfectly. We netted that fish. And, uh, you know, Dan's usually not the type of guy to, to hug and jump up and down, but it was uh, quite the celebration. And uh, I, I think he was done after that. He didn't even want to take another cast after 16 <laughs> hours in the heat. But, uh, again, like certainly a standout, standout story to uh, take someone out, see him accomplish that goal and uh, really feel like you had a part in that uh, motivating them and kind of, you know what I mean? Steering them in the right direction. You got to end it on a high note. That's it, man. It's like George I, I Costanza. I, I, uh, there's, there's, <laughs> there's something to be said about that. I mean, you got to be greedy too though, right? Cause you don't know that that 48 inch you could have been sitting down there too, but uh, it, it is uh you know, no regrets that day. We we had an awesome day together, and uh, it was awesome to, to end it like that. That brings up something. Do you find fish sitting together at all? Oh, I, absolutely, yeah. I, I mean, um, they're, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, that's, that's the buffet line, right? Like, there's, if you catch a fish somewhere, there's, there's almost always another one sitting beside it. Um, I, I mean, to be honest, I've, uh, I, I got that live scope pan optics this year and it's crazy how many muskies will be in the exact same spot or two following the same bait. Um, it, it's really an eye opener to, to how many fish are out there looking at your, at, at your presentation. Cheating. <laughs> I think I turned into a dog with a treat with that kind of head cock. Like what? Yeah, dude, that that's uh, you want real time yeah. information. There it is. Yeah. It's, it's wild. How, uh, the first day I ran it, uh, and I'm using it a lot trolling, um, you know, pointing it behind my boat, watching fish interact with my baits. Uh, the first day I used it, I think I had every lure in the box on, on my line at some point because I was like just blown away about how many follows you get in the course of a day. So <laughs> trolling, how many follows will you on average get in the course of a day that you wouldn't? actually notice that you're getting you know what i mean we uh okay so that's it so here's <laughs> I, I kept saying i was gonna get a clicker and, and count um because you know i it, it's easily in the you know average day easily in the 30 to 40 um mark on, on our system anyway i uh i ended up uh i fished a day with some of the university students i was telling you about and, and this is one of the ways we did a, a population estimate on one section of river 
um, they came out, I just invited them out to musky fish one day and they wanted to get some scale samples. Um, you know, if we caught a fish and luckily we did that day, but, uh, they caught, they saw what I was doing with the, with the live scope and the way I was trolling and, and telling them, Oh, look at how many fish are here. So they said, well, can you take us out for a day? Uh, and we're just going to count fish. We'd like to count bait fish. We'd like to see, you know, everything. I think we counted 63 muskies in like an eight hour day and we caught two that day. So hmm. not all of those Here. were following, but uh, a, a good majority of those fish were interacting with our baits. Cause a lot of the times if they're not, you're, you're not going to see them in that uh, sonar beam. Here's one thing you would take it back to when you mentioned you seen the, you know, the trolling footage where you were watching fish. Now those fish probably were multiple times the same fish. You were bringing them the, in. Not that were... day, because the, the day we went out with the university students, we we made a point to never go over the same spot again. It was frustrating huh. for me as a fisherman, yeah. but we were there <laughs> to do a job. Yeah, so no, I, made I mean, sure that we never went back and did the same trolling pass. We were just constantly going to new areas throughout the day. Well, you see some of that footage they have with them cameras on the trolling lures. Them fish, they follow it. They swipe a little bit, you know, oh, yeah. just like they, just like you said, where they don't even get that hook, then they'll back off, they'll come back. It, it's incredible. Like, like I said, those fish, are, they're always really looking at it. really interesting is, and, and I've, I've seen this casting before, um, full moons, everybody talks about full moons, new moons, uh, full moon rises, um, certainly great times to get bites, uh, certainly great times to get bites from big fish, but I've seen this a lot where during those moon phases, there'll be a day or a night where fish seem to go crazy, but they don't bite. Um, I've been out on full moons casting um, flies, gear, you name it. And you just see crazy amount of follows. It's like everywhere you go, there's a fish on your bait. And then I, I often find when it's like that's building up to a moon rise. And then it's almost like everything just goes calm and they're done. They all go down to the bottom. So I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm theorizing here, as musky fishermen often do, but uh, it's almost like they're so alert, or maybe they're full, but they just can't control themselves but follow. So what I've done a lot of times is seeing, like, where I see big fish coming into my spread and interacting with my baits but not biting, and it's super frustrating and it just, you know, I've tried every bait, I've tried every trick, speed, slow down, direction, everything, and they just don't go. But I'll go through that area the next day and, or, you know, the next week off the moon phase. And I, that fish gave himself up. Like, I know he's there now. And now you're, I'm really, my eyes are glued on the bottom where I know there's a big lazy fish there that, you know, he showed himself during that full moon phase. And I know he's probably not going to move. This is his home range. And now I'm like, my eyes are glued on the bottom looking at, you know, they don't even show up even on the live scope or on your 2D sonar. Um, you can maybe on down view, you can just barely see them. Um, but those big fish are down there. And if you run some baits or bonnie baits, you know, jig, stop and jig and get it right on top of that fish. Um, you, you might be able to trigger a bite from one of those big fish that, you know, you don't think is active. And I, I almost seem to get more off those moon phases, which is kind of goes against what a lot of people say. Um, maybe it's just something on our system. I, I don't know, but it's, it's worked out in my favor. Um, <clears throat> when you see the fish on the, the radar, you know, you see them, uh, you're fishing at them, like you switch baits a lot. And can you, do you find you 
maybe catch one if you switch to smaller or different colors or anything else? Yeah, there's there's times a year where that works. Uh, I would say more often than not, they're pro. I mean, the amount of time I spend on the water, um, you know, I I know what they seem to like. Um, you know, uh, that's another great Mike Lazarus quote. Is I you know in the summer I don't change baits, I just change fish. Uh, you know, that's his theory that they're pretty much all gonna eat the same thing. That it's works. Just you got to hit that bite window. And, you know, don't keep going over that same area. Uh, certainly a big part of guiding is knowing what, what spots on the river uh, have been beat up that week. If there's been four boats on a certain, uh, you know, mid-lake hump or something like that, well, you know, I'm, I'm probably not going to take my clients there to try and get them their first muskie because I know it's, they, they've been seeing a lot of baits. They've probably maybe been caught. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's almost, it's those little changes. That's just any kind of fishing, especially in musky fishing, um, having that spidey sense, I guess, to say, you know, everything just feels too perfect. There's, you know, there was a moon phase and I didn't get bit on my go-to or, you know, I, I, uh, I started keeping a, uh, barometer on the boat as well. And if I watched the, 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 the pressure drop and I didn't get bit, you know, yeah, then that's when you take a chance and hopefully I'm in a situation, you know, we, we can only run one rod per person up here. So hopefully I'm in a situation where I can keep my go-to on and then I can, you know, use one or two of my rods to experiment a bit. Um, and I've, I've had success doing that, upsizing, downsizing. Um, one thing I love to do is run like a six-inch bait um, 120 feet back where maybe the boat and those normal baits got the fish kind of fired up and got its attention. Um, maybe it's a smart fish. Maybe, you know, it's, it's used to seeing those baits. Uh, and then all of a sudden something it's not used to seeing comes in way behind it. I've, I've had some success doing that. So what's kind of your tactic for when you run into like cold fronts or snaps, like at any period where you get like a cold for a couple of days, two, three days on end? Honestly, I, you know, I don't mind cold fronts that much. I, I, maybe again, maybe it's just our fish. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't tend to change things up too much, um, you know, until, again, like, you, you, you know, you almost develop that sense that they should be eating right now. Um, you know, things just seem too, too right, um, you know. So I, I generally stick with my go-tos, uh, you know, until I get that feeling. I have a buddy that had... That has the uh, the live view, and he uses it for crappie a lot. And you can yeah, you can jig crappie and watch them eat the jig, and it it's pretty sweet. Um, have you gotten into doing any of that with the muskie with uh like big red Octobers or Bondies? Yes, I I mean I know some guys that had a lot of success uh, with the Bondi baits. Um, it's it's crazy how they'll come up and look at it, um, but. I didn't seem to trigger that many more fish doing the jigging thing um, because of the live scope than I did when I didn't have it. I, I mean, you go to spots where you know there's muskies and, you know, you use that presentation and they bite it or they don't. It's almost just more frustrating now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it is. It is, my you friend. You certainly learn all new ways to swear at muskies uh, with, the, with the live scope. Well, listen. Uh, it, it definitely doesn't put, you know, the fish in the boat for you or anything like that. Uh, it's a great tool for clients that may not understand what musky fishing is. Um, I can show them without a shadow of a doubt 
that there are fish looking at our baits all day long and we're in the right spot, we're doing the right things. It's it's just waiting for that bite window, right? They're they're definitely not crappie. No, no, that's for sure. So um, with that being said, now that you have seen their reactions, I guess it's a little different when you're moving a lot, but fishing over them or fishing with a fly and seeing how they react to that, does that change maybe your cadences in that similar situation for the next few casts or to come back and rework that fish? Um, I, I don't, I don't think that much. I, I didn't get into using it a ton. I, I, with like fly fishing yeah. uh, or casting, um, that's, I, I, I did start to dabble with that at the end of the year. I, I picked up the unit in, uh, August. Uh, a lot of my fall is trolling. So, um, I, it's something, again, it'll probably be more of, uh, uh, something I use while I have clients in the boat casting. Uh, and, and I, I, I was able to do that. I was able to point it in the direction the client was, was fishing and I could watch his fly come in and see a fish react to it. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, uh, I, I guess I'll have to save that one for next year. That's gotta trip. be a we'll, game we'll changer. I know that if I'm solo fishing and I'm casting, I'm not gonna look bother. at it. I, you yeah. Know, I, I hear you. Too much You're fishing. Stare at, yeah. But, um, but that's know, gotta a be a game changer. That. I'm, I'm just going to work my flies like I usually do. Hey, to know when to figure eight, hands down. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what always, I mean? It like always I, is the answer to that one. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like... Every time, like, there's a fish. Well, I mean, if you know for sure there's a fish and you tell... You, you, you always say, figure eight like there's a fish. Well, now you know. See, there's a difference. When you know, you know. This changed for me. I use flasher ice fishing, and it's changed <laughs> and how I... And if you don't I, know, now you know. It's changed how I fish. There's <laughs> no how, doubt about it. How many times do they shoot out from under the boat, and the last thing you think is you're going to go into an eight, there's nothing there, and then boom, one darts yeah. out from under the boat on Yeah, that's my... Scares the crap that's out of you. That's my favorite. Yeah, Not with panoptics. Um, this is funny. Even jigging in, like, 60 feet of water... You know, I'm not, I'm not putting my bondy bait down that deep. Uh, you know what I mean? If I'm jigging or my tube, but uh, you're working this open water suspended fish and it's insane how many muskies will come and stare at your trolling motor. If you're on spot lock, they <laughs> could care less about your freaking jig. And you're like, you're jigging and you're watching your jig go up and down on, on that screen. And you're like, what the hell is that giant blob at the front? Of, oh, that's a muskie with his nose against my trolling motor. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Time to throw a big, a big black double cowgirl, right? Just a, just yeah. a bondy yeah. blade I, I was, on it. Uh, I was able to get one fish, um, and I don't know where it came from. If it was a fish that was doing that or not, um, I, I was. I, uh, there's a there's a different jig called a fuzzy desert. Um, it's it's a uh, it's a big metal. It's like a blade bait, but it's the same principle as a bondy bait. It's got a, a weighted nose, but when you when you rip up, you can feel your rod tip vibrate, and it's putting on a lot more flash and vibration than, say, a, a, a bonnie bait does or a tube. Um, and it actually figure eights or drags through the water, similar to, like, a lipless crankbait, where the, the tie-in point is on the top of it. So, uh, yeah, I, I was working a spot, vertical jigging, and, and just... You know, it's ingrained in me to figure eight every single time. And before I brought that thing up to move spots and, and uh, I, I went into a figure eight and this muskie just came out of nowhere and crushed it. And it was it was a smaller fish. It was in the mid to upper 30s. But again, just a super memorable eat where, you know, I, it's, you just got to have that ingrained in you to, to do that figure eight every time. 
so you know speaking of different uh um just styles of fishing do you find anything on the on on top water at all do you fish top water at all even in the like summer or i, I don't it's, it's not a very productive presentation here i'm sure if you absolutely committed to it you would end up getting some fish on top water on our river um but they're just not programmed to look for things on the surface you know they're not programmed to you know there's so much food under the water um that you know that top water bite just really isn't there they're not looking for mammals snakes frogs uh that sort of stuff um you know two years ago uh, i think it was my last trip to maine actually i went on a mission i took a pole dancer fly and i tore it apart and retied it um and uh i mean even up there i got a ton of action but uh, it's it's certainly not the most productive way to fish. I think um, in two or three days, I had like 15 blow-ups uh, on my fly, and I think I got two fish on the top water. Hmm. It yeah. was certainly a lot, lot, lot of fun to watch muskies come unglued. And, um, I, you know, I, uh, there's a fella out of Ottawa named Dan Lougheed, and, and he ties his own balsa wood. Um, uh, it, it's much like the... Uh, the pole dancer fly that side to side zigzag action and uh he, he says the same thing he goes yeah they basically just mess with you like you'll just see this tail come up and flick the the popper like three feet to the left and it knows it and they just uh they're interested but it, it doesn't mean they're gonna eat it <laughs> figure eight eats are just as exciting as uh as top water eats i think yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, until child, trout sets on one. I didn't trout set, goddammit. <laughs> That's not what Mark said. Well, Mark's a goddamn liar. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark's hey, quiet. Put it like this. Mark don't know how to trout set. <laughs> so, Marlon, um, we, we just heard a little bit of a noise going on. I got 10% left on my phone. Okay. Is there anything that we haven't hit on that you would like to? No, I don't think so, man. I think we covered a lot of a lot of bases. We talked a bit about the fishery here in New Brunswick, what what I've been doing up here. Um, I, I like I said, man, that's that's really my big goal for next year is to uh, is to really put in some time with the the fly rod on on some new water stuff that a lot of people haven't maybe touched yet. Um, you know, it, we'll we'll just have to see where things go. The the guide the guiding is is great, and that's really I, I've fallen in love with it. I mean, I I found uh, with we we kind of hit a new phase of COVID. We had some new cases, and you know you can't go fish, you can't uh, travel or get out with all your buddies anymore. And uh, I, I wrapped up my season with a two fish day, and and honestly, I was like, you know, it it wasn't as fun without being able to share it with someone else. I've I've come to enjoy, um, you know, showing people the fishery and and being out there with with people so much that. Uh, I, I really kind of miss that. Uh, you know, I may, maybe it's just, you know, after um, a, a fantastic season, ton of days on the water, it's just time to pack it in. Um, but uh, no, I, that's, that's where I'm at these days, man. It's, it's been, uh, it's been an amazing ride and uh, I, I can't wait till, till next year. The, the books are already open. I'm already taking on clients for next year, which is cool. It's fly tying season. Time to re- reload, it is, yeah. reload I, the boxes, I just, right? I just uh, I realized I was out of glue. I'm like, there's uh, there's half a fly fitting sitting on my bench right now. I gotta I gotta get to the store and get some get some glue and get some supplies and get tying again. And I can only say your 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 fly. Sorry to interrupt you one more time, Jet. Your flies look amazing. I love your flies. They are just they're phenomenal. They uh they look beautiful. I'm sure they swim great. 
thank you, man. I, I appreciate it. I'll have to uh, have to get. I'll have to send something down to you guys again. It's it's been a while since uh, shipped anything down your way. God, Dem Flies have inspired me for years, man. Keep it up. Appreciate so, it, guys. You you had mentioned your books being open. Where can people go to uh to book a trip with you? Most people end up just hitting me up through Facebook, uh, Marlon Prince. It's Marlon, M-A-R-L-O-N. I'm sure you find the spelling on uh, your guys' uh, podcast or whatever. Uh, you can you can look up uh, St. Johnny Socks uh, or just type in New Brunswick Fishing Guide, New Brunswick Muskie Guide, and you'll find my website, all my contact infos there, phone number, email, and all that. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to love to hear from people. Like I say, I love sharing the fishery and uh, – you know, we also do more than muskie up here. Uh, that's that's the main thing. But, uh, you know, when I can, I also, you know, early season, I'm out for the browns, uh, brookies, smallmouth, and uh, salmon, stripers, all, all that good stuff as well. Hell yeah, man. Sounds like a, a fun-filled uh, season for you. It is. It is. It's, it's a great evolution. It's a great the way that it, it evolves in the spring where you start off with all those other species. And then it's like, all right, it's, it's game time now. It's uh, it's musky time. So. Yeah, everything else is just pregame, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just getting warmed up for you. That's right. So, hey, Marlon, thanks a lot for your time, bud. Yeah, we appreciate awesome, it. Man. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for having me. It's always a blast. Uh, keep you guys keep up the great work as well. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thing in the back door. Are you? <laughs> like always. <laughs> With unannounced. You're creeping. Unannounced. <laughs> unannounced. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-uh. Don't do that. Yeah, no, man. Not dolphin. He can't. He, it's like trying to like it's like the dirty penny, man. Right? I guess there's always there's always a uh, the future to think about. But hey, winter's here and cold is setting in. Your raft's probably got a little bit of air that needs needs let out of it or what? No, it needs put into it. Put into it. Getting getting cold. But, but I lent somebody my uh, pump. You know, I tell you what, you couldn't have timed that better, Matt. And I know you're gonna listen to this. I am pulling. I just go past the new the, the English house that was sold Amish, mm-hmm. the one with a really nice garage with the door open. And there's, yeah, it is still so weird driving by seeing this nice garage door wide open full of horses. Yeah, it's it's got like yeah. a yeah like they instead of it being a, a two car garage now it's a oh it is a very conventional English house. It's oh, sold yeah. Amish. Oh it, yeah, it, yeah, it is, yeah, It's the weirdest looking thing. The brick because, one. Yeah, yeah. Off to it's the like a hundred. Eighty-seven thousand oh, dollar home. Yeah, it's a beautiful that he house. paid for in cash. I couldn't. I, I still can't. I drive up <laughs> no, to yeah. it. I look I over it. and I see all them horses and I always chuckle. But the phone rings. It's Matt. He's like, uh, I got a question. Probably the answer is no, and I kind of assume, but I'm going to ask anyway. But is there any chance my pump broke? We're floating tomorrow. You get a pump, and I just pull into your driveway. I say, huh? Well, funny you ask. <laughs> I'm sitting in Jay's driveway, and he has a pump. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of, do you have my Still, pump? No. Okay. What, now, I'll, I'll have it by next now that's, not, that's not significant. You could, we'll you could go out and buy max amount of hand pumps. and. Speaking of, yeah, but it's also 8 o'clock on Friday night, and he's leaving at 3.30 Saturday True. morning. True. Does the DeWalt one work for your boat? I, I would it would be able to work, but I have to uh, have the adapter to. I have to figure out some kind of nozzle hose or nozzle to. So my fit. hose out of my bilge I've pump. Got hose. That like three foot long hose out of my bilge pump that came off of a hand pump, so that locks in and that works too with your boat. Uh, who was that? <laughs> the hose coming out of my bilge pump on my oh, boat. Yeah? yeah, that came out of a hand pump, but it fit the adapter and I was able to put it up over top of it. 
So when I need it, I just drop it out of the back of the boat, turn it on. But like the adapter for for the end of it, it goes in and it turns and twists and locks because no it, it shit. Came, yeah, it came from a um, float tube. I had it from a float uh. tube. Yeah, so we can take that right off and use it. And I say when I need to use it, I've had that on there for since I bought the boat and I've yet to. That's my test to make sure the buttons are working. <laughs> okay, village pump's on. It's working. That's the only time I've used a village pump. Yeah, when it gets cold, you you might need the car hose, but you don't go fishing when it's too cold. No, uh, what do you mean the car hose? Hook it up to your car, fill it right there before you get on the water. No, I have this little DeWalt thing that, man, it has like a DeWalt battery, battery in it, and it, it pumps up everything. It's really nice. Like, my tires on my lawnmower consistently in the front, they both go flat. We should screw with that then. We'll take that hose off and see if it works on that and works in the boat. Yeah. That'd be a heck of a lot easier. We can just carry that Yeah, you go, and you could set it to like the PSI. How's that again? And you could set it. You could set it to the PSI and everything. Boom, done. Do yeah. You, uh, and it's a dumb question. Do you know what the actual PSI should be in them? Yeah. Tubes? Is there Do a measurement three, or three and a half, three to three and a half in the tubes and ten in the bottom? Oh yeah, I remember that. He told me that. Come on, man. I, you only remember the important things hey, in life. I, I underestimated you. I have fucking, I have I fucking priorities Now, here. whether that's correct or not, I don't know. I but never I did have had it correct. The bottom's always way too hard during the end of the day. You forgot my fly rod two days ago, but you remember the PSI <laughs> from three years ago? Fuck yeah, those are the important things in life, Chad. You didn't need your fly rod. You, you, would, you wouldn't have forgotten my fucking goddamn boat if you didn't need it, you jackass. Valid. You forgot it in my boat. I didn't forget your fly rod in my boat, okay? My fly rods were in my boat, in my garage, and you left your fly rod so in my boat, in a, my garage. This is what happens when we don't fish enough. Yeah, you don't, you don't, no, no fishing bake. has been done. Chad just leaves his rod in places. He yeah, gives we bicker. Yeah. Oh, no. I, yeah. uh, Jace fish, is coming in from the back door, and yeah, Jace floors no. too hard. I just, fishing is on, br- like, break for me. I'm I'm about to get back to it, I hope. Yeah, soon. me too. I hope with... Work will let me get a little no. break to, to fish, but That's hunting's been it. full full on. Work lets like, you get a break. You've had eight days in a row. You said you've been hunting. No, I, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean that's. That's if you count going an hour before work and an hour after work and, and sacrificing all speeding tickets to get to that hour, just <laughs> flying down the road like I'm going hunting. Here's the money. Just throw a hundred out the window when they're behind you and just keep fucking flying. Yeah, no, I I got sweet spots that are like I could pop in climb up the tree and look over and they're there they're maybe they were there already i don't know but i'm lucky like that so that's what Speaking happened of that, the other night for just me just saying about a tree stand and hunting and me just hunting the last you know for deer this just this last year and you know not being on the ground like turkey hunting i love being in a tree stand no, whether it be, be whether it be with a bow or a fucking gun, I love the man. I can just see forever. It's the view. Yes, <laughs> you're like man. I'm like 20 feet up. I'm like oh man. My brother-in-law well, has a nice one in these backwoods close to here, and I'm like, man, this is beautiful. Ladder stand, this. ladder stand, strap yeah, on stand. Uh, no, one of the ones that has like, yeah, it's a ladder stand where it has like you get up there and like. The stri- like the big bar goes over top of your body. Shooting rail comes across. Yeah, it comes yeah. across and like it has the foot the foot thing that rolls out too. You have the foot thing on it. So it's like, like you're in a, a roller coaster. Yeah, like, it, yeah, exactly. It was like it was like no, it was like a sleeping cage. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kept my gun strapped to the so he don't fall off. I kept my gun strapped and and tied off to the thing so if I fell asleep it wouldn't fall too far and shoot anybody. Yeah, you fucking crazy guy. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, no. no I, I actually stayed awake even though I was hungover as shit 
being in a tree stand, my favorite way nice. to hunt. Yeah, well, my favorite way to hunt. But recently, with all that s- snow we had, heavy snow, everything got knocked down, dude. You could, like, mm-hmm. the woods are flat. Now yeah. you could see everything. Mm-hmm. It's bare. It's, uh, I just, I was in a place, you know, them two days difference, just same place. And, you know, it was full of snow. You could barely see the other day. Our snow was so thick on the trees, mm-hmm. it collected and made every every gap so much smaller. So I think we pushed that day. I we love hunted a small hard. Gap. Oh, dude, it was great, but you couldn't get in there. <laughs> your bullet might have been able to get in there but you couldn't see no deer uh-uh. but yeah no i hunted hard that day we pushed deer around you know had fresh beds fresh tracks deer were moving left right just weren't running into the guns and it was still buck only then so seeing the doe just not seeing the bucks i don't know if they're there it's tough hunting man i mean <clears throat> nobody really knows what's going on usually like oh they came we banged or or nobody's calling like, hey, that was five does. I really so you don't did really like know that, what to though. keep hunting. But I don't. I did and, like that in PA having just the buck at first. Yeah, but you I know, mean, at first I kind of didn't like it because I saw a lot of doe. But then it kind of man when I started hearing shooting, I'm like, well, I know there's a buck around. Yeah, but on a snow day, you don't know what tracks follow. You don't know true. if bucks, if these beds were bucks, or, and you need to make another loop through that, or they didn't see them, or. It, it makes me question, you know, it's hard to keep hunting over the same area if you if it's just does. You know what I mean? If you're just chasing does around, you don't know it. So I guess the one thing I don't like about it, and I guess it goes both ways, but this state has a high doe to buck population. Oh. And it really should be at this point an earn a buck program. Just help oh, reduce no. the population. For sure. That really incentivizes the people that don't want to kill a doe not to kill them even more by just making a buck only. Oh. It would It'd be nice to see more doe kill because we, we really do. Need. This week alone, I've had three deer hit in front of my house. I called Penn well, to listen, pick one up. I looked out. Our, on, on Thursday, I, I think called. our rut is Hold on. on. Hold on. No, I, I th- like this story. Yeah. This is good. A deer got hit in front of my house. It would have been, what, Friday? Thursday night, it got hit Friday. He waited for another one to I come. I called Pendot. I said, you know, deer's out there, blah, blah, blah. I was gone all day yesterday. I never had a chance to look. This morning, I wake up and look out. That deer's gone. There's one <laughs> dead to the right, and there's another one dead to the left. And there's debris all over in front of my house. Two hey, that's, more. that's good for you. Fronts yeah, of cars. <laughs> Two more got hit. I mean, there's well, listen, significant population. This week. Oh, eight, yeah. There's a ton of deer. The bucks are on the does. It's it's either the second little rut came in and, and the bucks are direct. I think it, there's more rut activity now. Probably the ones that didn't get bred in the first yes, place. They're coming yes, back but, around. Okay, listen. You didn't see deer hit a couple weeks back. You didn't see no deer hit, really. A few here and there, one here and there. But this week, I've been seeing them left and right, man. Like, all over the highway by my house. They're they're just getting pounded. But, yeah, I hunted hard this week. I got to go PA game lands. I got to enjoy some of that. Went to some big, like, rocky areas. Stuff I don't usually do. I usually hunt two minutes from my house where it's easy. And I got the deer on leashes, and I know I'm like, oh, they're coming down the deer yeah, you highway. Name them. Yeah, I got, oh, look at that flag at the, the truck station. It, I'm good. My wind's good in this spot. Oh, I'll just go to the other side of the road. Wind's right for that. Like, I got it easy. I, you know, I already did the work and the homework, and now I just shoot them. So it's fun at times. But <laughs> I'm more or less looking for a bigger deer, trying to find that rack to shoot, but. I haven't seen it. And it, it's frustrating. You're seeing deer, and that's enjoyable, especially in new spots. When sure. I went and checked out the the game lands up there where you guys fish, it yeah. was to me that brand new. Never walked in there. 
I'm going to forage there. I'm going to spring well, turkey hunt there. My neighbor saw a bear up there while he's taking his shit last season. I walked right up on a quail <laughs> walking out. Speaking of that, it was like, awesome. And and Adam, you know my brother-in-law Adam, he shot a deer yesterday, and man, it was a small deer, and you know, but in the moment of you know that deer just flying by all of us, well, he pulled up and just blasted away, <clears> and <throat> I I would have probably done the same thing. I would. You did, didn't you? I shot at it earlier from way far away with like you know divide shot. Yes, they all need shot. But but you know we stomped it out like a deer, like out of some thicket, and it comes running at him, and he you know he blew it, and and man, just an awful moment. You know, like for for me, I hate to watch him. Like he shot it right in the ass and spined it, so it's just making loud noises, and you know small deer just dying away, and I'm like. Oh man, this is, you know it's not pretty. It's not always pretty. Like it, not like I explained my like the kill with my deer last week. You know what I mean? And man, like killed dead deer. Did we walk up perfect. It's yeah. meat. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Okay, it was laying there. Okay, that was awesome. That's one thing like, you need to man, have control over if you can. It's, it's tough. Yeah. It, no, but it's always tough. It's you I've, know. It's, I've it's shot a, a ton of deer, and when I say oh, a ton, I, know. I mean very metric ton or whatever. That's it. Oh, that's I know what. you have. But. I count very few that I've ever hit in the ass. Oh man, not even no like you, maybe one by mistake. Shit, or, I remember <laughs> jumping on top of one with you. Did was it yours? No. Was it mine? Yeah, I think so. Did I finish him off good? Uh, did you, I ride it for the full eight or <laughs> what the fuck? You, you rode it and like you we stabbed you it and you we stabbed it in the neck and we oh, shoved. You know, I was blacked was, out. Dude, I don't know what you're talking some about. Some of this thing, <laughs> some of this stuff can be really brutal when you're stabbing oh, somebody in the neck and it's dying in front of you and you know. You, oh man, even even fly fishing. I wanted to get into this just a little bit tonight. Like even fly fishing isn't always pretty. It's not always pretty. Something times they swallow things deep and they're bleeding. To, who knows if they go? That really affects you. Me? Yeah. To see something dying like that in front of me? Yes, it affects me, man. I'm uh, a compassionate geez. human being, dude. Yeah, no. I am. I'm Listen, call me no, a you're fucking, not. Call me you a like, pussy. Oh, boy. Call me a pussy. Yeah. I'd rather see a human being die. Some, some human beings so die from me. So you can sit and shoot the deer through the heart and it dies, but if you happen to jack up, which is your <laughs> fault, and happen to get on top of it and slice his throat, that affects you? Yes. Oh, that would yes, affect that's you. A, that's, Maybe that's you should have done a, a better more, job the first time. It wasn't my deer. I, my <laughs> shot was perfect, okay? The, the, the one I put into the deer that I actually killed was perfect. The rest of them were misses. <laughs> yeah, I either miss or I kill them. They're dead. clean misses. Yeah, clean misses or they're dead. Oh, no, no believe me, I've done... It s- is. It's, it's, it's you know, uh, man, I, that could be... It's an intimate moment. You're taking something else's life. When the job, to, for, when the me, job is half me. done and you hesitate, you are not a killer. You hear me? No, oh, I'm I'm out there. I'm gonna shoot it until uh, it's I mean, dead. I mean, I get it. I'm gonna kill it. I don't it's waste not... I don't waste no bullets. But I I I entirely believe in. Let's do it right the first time. Yep. Uh huh. But not no, every, sure. not everybody hunts like that. Flinging lead is not a thing of the past. That still exists. And sometimes I know people's safeties aren't even on at all. And I stay no, away mine from are always, Mine's always on. I hunted with 110%. a... 110%. Shit, I hunted with a big group yesterday, and you know what I did? I duck and cover. <laughs> yeah. When the guns go, I don't want to be over there. The deer are coming out where? I'll stand back behind that. I'm I'm here for fun. I'm here to enjoy the camaraderie. If we get deer, sweet, cool. And in fact, I want everybody else you to You sound shoot. like me now. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. Not When you got 18 guys and you're oh, roving southern Ohio to northern Ohio, you're all over the eastern side of the state. 
There's a lot of bullets out there flying, man. I mean, luckily we we got some deer and everybody have fun and was safe. So <laughs> no bullets ended up in people. No, almost ended up in the fucking like dead in a car because my buddy was falling asleep at the wheel and I'm like, come on, what the fuck? What the hell are you doing? I'm like, here, feeding them. Stay awake. Eat my snacks. Here's all my, you know, my energy. Get your shit right. He's like, oh, I'm okay. And we're riding down the road. You know me. I'm talking, telling bullshit stories. You were talking? Yeah. yeah the, <laughs> the, kid in the, the kid in the no, back's he, like, you yeah, should he have a podcast. He's like, oh, God, just kill me. Yeah, no. The, the, <laughs> my buddy's used to it. <laughs> trying to steer out the road. Oh, I'm going to go. Let it go now, please. <laughs> listen. Listen. Stop talking, Jason. Jesus, stay doing it. Hey, I, I think I got my mic shut off because I'm being ignorant. No, you, no, I, I did. I did. I know I did. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I was, you know, I was telling him when you listen, when you tell your buddy to wake up and drive right, he either fucking does it or you die. It's scary. No, yeah, no. What the hell are you doing, dude? Oh. He he said he didn't get no sleep last night. We did a few pushes. We weren't even halfway through the day or anything. And I was deathly scared for my life. Some kid we didn't even know is sitting in Why the back Why didn't you just seat. go drive whatever you were in? I didn't just say, I'm going to drive. In the beginning, I said I would drive. He had a four-wheeler in his truck, and he's like... So he he wasn't tired in the beginning. He just all of a yeah, sudden... Yeah, but you can also take his wheel. Yeah, I told him. He's like, no, I'm all right. I'm good. It, like, better than, ass. Better than Jesus take the wheel? Jace take the wheel. Yes, Jay yes, dude. <laughs> he, so he, he just fucking keeps driving, man. And these curvy-ass roads in southern Ohio, so we're approaching at, like, high speed. He's not slowing down for this hairpin turn. And I'm like, yo, yo, I'm yelling. The kid in the back, <laughs> the kid in the back thinks there's something in the road in front of us. He's getting all like up in his seat. And my buddy just like wakes up and yanks the wheel. <laughs> like we're on the berm, dude. Um, um, my legs are locked. They're, my feet are locked to the sides. I'm fucking, I'm froze, dude. I'm, I, I am. You look like a deer in a headlight. I'm stuck. No, I like if they would, they would have had to cut me out of this bitch because I would have been so locked in there. Like I can't move. No, I, I was so scared. He just kept fucking falling up into sleep, and I'm like, dude. And we got out the car. I'm like, I'm fucking driving. He's like, you can. So then he's falling asleep, and I'm supposed to be following somebody. I don't know the way. I'm waking him up. He looks at the road. He goes, uh, 225. He's like mumbling shit, talking in his sleep. <laughs> I, I drive these guys past all these places, and the people are calling him. I'm like, dude, answer your phone. I don't know where the fuck I am. I lost the guy I'm supposed to be following. He drove around like for 10 minutes, probably lost and shit. Had every 10, 10 vehicles following me. <coughs> lost. So... Yeah, it was an exciting week. Got some deer meat, seen a grouse, seen some bucks, seen some does. Uh, that's what it's about. Toughing, uh, toughing it out. Hunting is a grind. I sit there all day. I sit it's there tough, man. all day, every day I can. I try like hell. I don't like being in a truck in daylight. I don't want to be at home. That's what I've done for 20 years now. I stay out in the woods for a week, two weeks, and I love it. I'm addicted, and I seriously am. Addicted. After 15 years of not hunting and then deer hunting this year, I take a couple things from it. I love the camaraderie with my family more than I like anything. I think, uh, you know, getting to hunt with my uh, my dad and hunt, he likes hunting. And my brother-in-law, it's fun to hang out with him. And my Uncle Keith, most of all, I think I've, I've really enjoyed that. But, man, this shit ain't for me. <laughs> I really enjoy it, being on the river, hard. man. It's hard work. No, I like being on the river. No, I, I, I love I love fishing. I love fishing more than anything. I like fly fishing. 
I'm not a hunter. I'm not a great white hunter. I like it. It's fun. It is fun. I, I, you sure you know, are white. I like eating the meat, and I'm going to do it next year, and it is a fun camaraderie thing. I'm, I, I, it's a good break from fishing. Maybe you could but, do some turkey hunting. Man, I, I'm, missing, I'm missing fly fishing. I'm missing my fly fishing. I'm get, I don't have enough time to do everything, so, you know, I've had spend my time doing this, and nah, I, I, I want to fly fish. I yeah, really, but I'm, that, I'm dying to fly fish inside. That's I'm like three weekends. I'm like, I'm like itching like like a crackhead over here. Like, I need a fly rod in my hand. You're like Tyrone Bigham. I am, dude. I need a fly rod in my hand. I, I, that's where I belong. Well, but this has been fun. It has been fun. The camaraderie of family has been fun. It's awesome. Hey, I get to kill something. Hunting, good, so hunting and fishing to me and being outdoors is a, that's a the culmination. Like that's the if you're an outdoorsman, all those things fit together at sure. all times. Like your season's your season. And, and you pick a, it. This is a tough time right now for fishing too. I mean, it's it's not the best. Like I'm heading out tomorrow, and literally I'm kind of got one mission in mind. I'm going looking for a fifty tomorrow. You know, I mean, the place I'm going to, it's just going to grind all day. Probably not going to see anything. And if I do, it's probably going to be a good one. It's yeah. that time of the year where a yeah. lot of stuff just, everything's... Well, it, get it's hunting in now because everything else is slowing down fishing-wise. Yeah, it's yeah. a good time of the year <clears throat> to hunt. You got to yeah. put your time in everywhere when you want it, especially this time when it gets hard. It could suck. You could have went out and hunted your whole weekend and not seen nothing. And then you would have really felt like you needed to go fly fishing, right? Yeah, even more. You yeah, know what I mean? So right before I sh- like I was telling tough. these guys, right before I shot that bu- that buck, and they were out fly fishing. You were jealous, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, they're out musky fishing for. Fu- oh, god damn it! Oh, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Then, then you know, and then I say deer. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I am. Maybe I am. Maybe I am. Okay, for one second, you know, it can't. You know, it just it's 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 musky esque. It it sucks until it doesn't suck for a second, and then it sucks a lot more. Hundred percent. That's uh, hunting's the same way. It's it's well, very you know, similar. You don't it gotta be missing anything. turn on a dime. Yeah, you know it's like it. Man, it sucks being out there in a the fucking freezing cold. And this is this and this and then. As soon as you're not there is when and it then, happens, and then, Mark. And then, wait, wait, and then, you're there. Wait, we we have to regulate freezing cold because you assholes are That's in here like, wearing jackets. Oh yeah. And I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> I have a Carhartt on and Chad a car jacket. <laughs> And Chad's wearing t-shirt it and shorts. It was cold you this morning. Inside but in you sat inside in a heated fat. garage yesterday. Well, I, I sat out I in 40 degrees blowing snow and wind for two and a half hours. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. That's true. <laughs> Chad, <laughs> Chad asked my wife to trim his beard because he said it was making his fat his face look fat. That's what I said. And... It's my story. I'm sticking to it, assholes. I said, I don't think it's your beard, bud. But you could blame it on whatever you... You tell the story how you want it to be. It's those three high lives you had for breakfast. <laughs> You're just bloated on your face. My, my dad says it's a beer. I say it's you I eat like you, a glutton. I tell you one thing. Your garage has to have one kind of funk right now. Yeah. I, I your wife door, loves you. I opened the door this morning to get a breakfast beer. <laughs> it fucking stinks. There's it's just short of 300 deer tails in there. Right it's now. bad news bears. Yeah, but you got good temperatures right now. Oh, we got perfect. 70, perfect. dude. That, that's no fun. I, I no, know. they're they're curing good. They're just yeah. they're money. I mean, everything on that end's good. Oh, you. Get, I mean, ultimately, there's a thing called freeze dried. Yeah, you know about it. I mean, now even the borax when it comes off, it's powder. It's not clumpy. Yep. 
didn't nice. didn't really get all mm. absorbed oh, so much moisture it, it, because well, there's not there's, there's just not, not in the much. air. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. not as much moisture. It's curing the tails up no, really dude, good is, and they're crystal clean. Ever the what the uh Arctic is the largest desert in the world because freezing cold is dry. Yeah. And lack of precipitation. That's true, but it, it rained last week. Which yeah, goes sure. against that philosophy. Sure. You but know, if but it's but if it's under if it's thirty some degrees thirty it's getting dry yeah everything's getting dry Here, here's our double double negative so to speak you have perfect no humidity right now the other side is you sit in the basement and hunched over a sink trying to clean one hundred tails where you put them outside where it's nice and warm and you spray them all off on a screen which takes half the time and zero Le- effort on your back yeah it doesn't blow your back out. Speaking of backs, oh, I, had you to, sissy. I had to fill oh, a workman's comp thing bad. on Friday because I hurt my back at work. Oh, it sucks. Was that in the woman's urinal? Oh, I, <laughs> what were you lifting? <sighs> I lifted a... 10 pl- mil? <laughs> 10 millimeter? I wrench? A, I wish, man. I lifted a fly... They don't have them, huh? I, li- I lifted a flywheel for a semi-truck. If anyone knows how big a flywheel is... The clutch is 15 inches, so the, the flywheel is like 16 and a half, 17 inches. Probably weighs 90 pounds. And I was sitting on a creeper on my butt, like with my my chest up against the bell housing of the... So you're lifting Jace. Yes, I was lifting Jace. So I lifted it from just in front of my wiener up to above my nipples and put it into place. And then I, I, I bolted it in real quick. And then, because I was doing that for an old man. I was being nice, you know? He can't do it. I'm the young guy on the shift. So I put the flywheel up in, bolted it up in place, said, Run, you can tighten this down. I got other things to do, like change batteries in a truck. And this stupid fucking truck, the batteries are mount- mounted between the frame rails behind the cab. So they're like waist level. But this truck has auxiliary boxes mounted, so you can't stand there right beside them. Got to get up. You got to get up and stand on the differential. <laughs> And they weigh like a hundred pounds a piece, I'm sure, because they're from the fucking they're, semi. They're they're probably sixty five pounds a piece. Jesus. But sliding them and torquing them, I couldn't I couldn't move on Friday. It it hurt. So I got like absolutely zero done at work. And ask Mark, I did even less than that yesterday doing deer tails. <laughs> you know what though? You did everything we needed. Yeah. I mean, we needed all of them down. There was a hundred tails up, over a hundred tails hanging that needed, or not hanging, but we were. Uh, rack needed to be hanging. Yeah, they needed to be hanging. So all them tails had to be cleaned off. I mean, there's a lot of scraping involved with that. Then you take them, you got to wash them thoroughly, get them all cleaned off. And so you're glad well, to live in Western PA and Eastern Ohio area, right? This is perfect for what we do. Oh, it's just in general that we got hey. so many outdoorsmen. Random <laughs> question. Yes. Back in the day, you ever used to go to the Shenango, like the like the local mall? Mm-hmm. You know, like in the evening, there's this lady that would always walk. And she looked like a skunk. She had the black sides with the white stripe. Remember her? Oh, yeah. She used to come to McDonald's all the time, yeah. too. Yeah. Chad's going to look like that here pretty soon. With that real white side <laughs> stripes <laughs> on his beard. Oh, shit. Yeah. I, I remember her husband and everything. Yeah. I was telling that story about that. I'm an inverse skunk. <laughs> He's gonna, white yeah. sides and a black He's gonna stripe on his beard. He's going to be a skunk beard here. He's got the big white My side wife's going to shave his beard so his face looks less fat. I'm counting on her. If, dude, Chad, we were talking about it. What in a few? What a few years he's gonna have a, another job. If he keeps his beard ho, long, ho, and ho. yeah, he will be. We'll be he taking. Will be we'll, we'll be taking pictures of him. Yep. 
But to answer your question, uh, you're yeah. all right, though. For what, what do we all do? I mean, we can't live in a better area. There's nothing wrong with this. There's a lot of great opportunity if you put yourself out there to find it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Everything Love we it. like to do. Mushroom hunt. Oh, Smallmouth fish. I mean, it, well, I mean it, is it everything that I we... Like, I like that there's... A time for everything. Answer answer me this, though, because, yeah, we all love the seasons, though, but is it everything we love to do, or is it that we have adapted to learn to love it all because it's what we have, and we have so Little much bit. of it? A little bit. I, I'd mm. still love to drive that hour to go steelhead fishing. Exactly. But, I, mean, I think there's such a variety that you can even find, like, like you won't ever see your ass at a steelhead stream, and yeah, you fish all winter and have fun doing what you're doing and catch a lot of fucking muskie in winter. Like you catch your biggest muskie in the winter. You're going to catch your biggest muskie oh, in the next few months. Oh, I love this time of the year. I'm excited yeah. for it. You're you're going to catch your biggest muskie in the next few months, or this month, or the next couple months coming up. And Jace could be steelhead fishing. That's as far as I drive for a steelhead, though. But I'm just saying, like, there's there's so much variety, and we could find so much variety in this area as well. It's it's amazing. I've never caught a tarpon. I yeah, either. but if I, you lived in Florida, I, you'd be freaking tired of catching tarpon. No, I wouldn't. Yes, you would. <laughs> no, we I wouldn't. I want to catch a musky. These things are too easy. <laughs> yeah, right. I want to catch tarpon. Tarpon a day. It, that would I, be cool. If I could, sure. li- if I could live around tarpon, I would live around tarpon. I'd, I'd forsake you assholes. You know, I don't ever think <laughs> I would. <laughs> I do these. Well, listen, I listen, now. Chad. That's that's the same thing. I love cold weather. I told my kids earlier. I said, I love smallmouth. You'd leave them for tarpon. Ice fishing. <laughs> I love ice fishing. Listen, I love ice fishing. And there's places that got. And six your kids mu- don't. Probably no, no, they yeah, don't. Yeah, what black? How many black did you see on the ice? Mine, <laughs> mine, and and anybody that knows me can come. So. <laughs> But if you eat crappie, oh, if you eat, if you eat oh, the crappie boy, I cook, you'll be there. But uh, <laughs> the thing is, is if I really want to be a, an ice fisherman, I can't be that here. No, you have to go Minnesota or Wisconsin. Yeah, no, absolutely. You got six months of it. Yes. For Christ's sakes, if you're not good after that they're, season, they're drilling ice up north in a lot of areas right now. Oh, they're starting. Oh yeah, there's there's guys. You know, dude, they yeah, have like like whole huts that are like houses, and they cut like. They cut ice like it's like with but, a chainsaw. But the thing is, is it's not like it is here. I would never get sick of that. I love that so much, and I feel like yeah, you're, having a small. You're a disgusting dose. human being. I'm a glutton, <laughs> I'm bro. Kidding, I'm, I'm kidding. a glutton. And, and no, realistically, cool. though, like take the same thing. Where else, musky wise, are you going to be able to fish consistently so long. as long? Where? Yeah, I mean, no. Virginia, they have an open season, but they're burned out five six months of the year. Yes. Where else summer, do you have yeah. an open season that you can realistically fish? For the most part here, we can fish 10 months of the year. True. You're going to get too hot for two months. The months maybe. You f- the month maybe. Maybe. Some months you can fish year-round. Even, even through weeks. the winter when it freezes, you're going to find open water. Just look. You'll find open well, water. Well, yeah, I mean, you got There's dams, you got outflows. There's outflows and rivers yeah, and you're, everything. You're not ever cut off from any no. fish here. I mean... Ice fishing. Realistically, if that's your thing, you can always it, fish it year round. Well, yeah, if, awesome. you, if you got water when you're talking, your temps Maybe go up. You'll be all right. You know, chuck them. They'll eat them. Oh yeah. Even if yeah, smaller. Whatever. Slow have them to, down yeah. a little bit. That's all. Let them hang. Slow them down. I yeah. love it. I would I still do. go ice Drum, fishing like he wants to go tarpon fishing. But I don't. I don't know. I'm not a fan of the heat, Chad. You probably would love Florida. You'd sit in air conditioning oh, there all day. Man, oh man, yeah. oh, I nuts. hate it, dude. Hate it. No. Yeah. Hey, it's not for everyone. I, you know, 30 degrees wasn't bad today because it wasn't that windy earlier. Down there. 
Cause yeah, you would. The sun would do it. Because they don't kill any goddamn deer down there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the sun would dry those bitches out right now. Yeah, but you had sun-dried tomatoes, we'd have sun-dried deer tails. Yeah, ready to go overnight. <laughs> <laughs> we need to go uh, with a crossbow over to the uh, metro parks over in Ohio sometime. Oh, my God. You know, Did listen, you see Jason's dude, eyes? Dude, dude, I know. Dude, no, he, he saw I the biggest it. bucket of his life with one, me there. One of them, but this... I actually two of them. Listen, They're actually, humongous. I ran into the kid who takes pictures of these deer up, yeah. up in these parks. With uh, giants, listen, man. with Evans one day, and uh, we pull in a parking lot at the Metro Park to fish mm-hmm. up in Cleveland or whatever. And uh, I noticed exactly this kid's truck. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go say what's up to this dude. I never met him, but he's on my Instagram, so he takes some elite pictures. Got a fucking giant camera, sweet. But he gets so close to these deer. Does he get close, or does he have a big camera? Probably a little it? bit of both, but those deer aren't, they're not scared Jace of people. Jace and I were like 15 feet away from two Grunt, giant fucking bucks, and they're like, dude. They're like, oh, come down there and fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had to like chase him away. They, they were heading into it's a like, nearby neighborhood. Yeah. Places they can't be hunted, though. He gets yeah. he gets great pictures of bunches of different wildlife. It's craziness. But, it, I mean, that whole area up in that zone can't be hunted. Everywhere that's town up there is, you know, no projectiles, no weapon. I can't that's discharge insane. them. Can you spear them? I was no, gonna say but like, I would dig a big hole in my backyard and have these motherfuckers cover it up with leaves. Like what was that? <laughs> <laughs> Scooby Doo, these bastards. No, <laughs> tiger dude. pit. Yeah, if, if you went in there with a crossbow really oh, early, giant. like you're gonna go fishing, we could make this real quick and painless if we had a few guys with us, and it would just be uh, gone. real quick and painless. Not like the deers you your brother-in-law gets, huh? No, well, Jay's, you'd be the shooter. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be us. Oh, no, it's it's insane that... No, it, it is. It's pretty cool. You can walk right up on them. Like, have you ever fished any... Well, if you fish up in any of the metro parks in Ohio, you'll find them. There's walking... stuff through the Rocky and yeah. Chagrin. Yeah. Oh, there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's walking trails yeah, and they're bedded and they're right just there. there. They're, they're just, just all there. Like, you. 15 deer, like, looking at you, like, five feet away. I think that's yeah. nice to have, though, because we don't yoga, got so much of that. We see deer at times a year here, but you can't just walk down a trail, you know... At a rare time, yes. No, Buell PA Park, doesn't... Buell Park's oh, the closest. Yeah, 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 we can get that. PA doesn't but have not, a metro parks like Ohio has, though. No, no. Like, they have them everywhere. Like, in yeah. Columbus and all over the suburbs You know, it's everywhere. one of them things, like, when I when I went there, I really liked it. Would I like to have it here? I don't know. I really don't think I would. Well, it if makes, it's, it makes it's nice not used a lot. I don't think it's... It, makes, it's river accessi- it makes river accessibility it does a, a lot nice. easier. Very nice. I will tell you that. Yeah, there how sweet would it be trails? to ride a bike down to your favorite fishing hole that nobody's walking to, yeah. you know? or, or It does make it really nice. It's, yeah, it's, it's a different just, type yeah, of thing. I don't, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I think it, it makes it so available that people don't even want to go. You know what I mean? Like, it spreads people out so good. You I see think what you I'm see saying? more runners than anything. Yeah, it's and just, bikers. Yeah. It and spreads like people that. out. Yeah, it's, I think people, it just spreads them out real good. I, I used to have family that lived in Cortland, and they would trailer their horses up to Cleveland to ride in the metro in that, parts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's nice. There's no doubt. Like, they're nice. Yeah, no. Nice areas. And, in fact, like, some of them you can't hunt. you got to get permission. Some of them, and, and others, there's areas you can't even pick a mushroom. So check those regulations where you go enjoying them. But oh, they're, they're sweet. Just like the public land in PA, sweet. But it's just it's a different thing, though. Don't you think such a tourist attraction in Ohio versus what, you know, anything in PA might have? I talked to our buddy Levi. 
a couple of days ago about getting maybe a couple ups together and going up steelhead f- fishing and seeing him, maybe meeting all up over in Ohio. Okay. You I'm know, I like that would be a fun time. I always like seeing him and doing some fishing. He's hell of a fisherman. I was just sitting and watch him fish and hang out with his brother. Hopefully his brother makes a trick too. I was going to say have his little brother come up. Yeah. We'll have to, uh, Go see that we'll have to talk boy. that out. So. But I, yeah, I talked to Levi the other day about a tell picture him, he posted. Tell him wintertime steelhead so you ain't got to go oh, yeah, just steelhead so fishing fun. twice a year, like once in the spring and once in the fall. You can, yeah. get, you can get three trips in this year. Yeah, maybe I'll, maybe three. Maybe three. <laughs> Remember we used to go on Thanksgiving, then at Christmas for the last day or something like that. New Year's right Day there, or just, New Year's Eve Day. Just to get the license used one time. But, I mean. I, and maul them usually. Oh, be honest. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's prime conditions. They got, they just got water up there. I'm sure guys are hammering on them now. It flows are great with probably fresh and old fish. They said all the way through the system. It was at 17 when I checked it yesterday, which that's raging. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, uh, the big river, the big creek. No, the big PA creek. Well, big yeah, elk, uh, elk was raging. Well, I, I guess. You could probably catch fish in there if you, you, you hit them with, names, hit with cares. the, the, the rocks. Yeah. Yeah, they, it's uh, uh Uncle Ron said elk or uh, Connie's a little bit up still. Uh, yeah, no, it should come down. He but, said two or three days. Dude, them Ohio creeks have been high this year a lot. A lot. Like that grand man when I went up there it was all new. I could imagine it's being changed some more with more high water and it might not might not even get fishable again, so who knows? Like said, got to have variation, right, Mark? It's a variety is the spice of life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like yellow and green, game changers. Just depends on your view of variation. The guy, these guys think of variation is switch from one fish, thank you, to the next fish. For yeah. me, it's just switching bodies of water and away I fish it, for the same fish. What, what, what like Marlon said, uh, Marlon's, Marlon's one of his idols said, uh, don't change lures, change fish. Mm-hmm. That's a good saying because I don't... Who wants, who wants to change the Lord that works? That's a lot like that. I change a lot of places I fish. As the year goes on, it's like I focus on one area, and I'm there dang near every single trip for a couple months, and then as it changes, I know where to move, and I move to that, that spot. That's exactly what I do in deer hunting. When I start getting on them, it's a chess game till I'm getting getting in that right position. You see what I'm saying? You, all right, these areas are hot That's now. It's very similar. Then you just got to find oh, a yeah. couple spots where you can always go. Where it's and worth you have spending you your time. Dial for that, and then there's ones you can always know you can go to. Oh, yeah. I hunted new spots, just like you go fish new spots. You you learn it, you know what I mean? You know for next time, maybe. So. Well, that's like this one tomorrow. I mean, it's a lake that I fish frequently. This will be probably... 15th trip up there this year. This is the first time I'm going to fish this spot. But I've got a north-northwest wind coming. I know I'm going to block it, and I want to throw massive flies all day with a two-hander. I don't want any wind on me. I know where I'm going to sit here. I'm going to be glass the whole day. It'll block that whole wind coming from that angle. It's an area that's deep that holds bait fish. I know perch are going to be in there through the day. There's going to be big muskie there. Just don't a matter of running into one. You, I know they're gonna be there. You throwing a fire tiger, tiger, mm-hmm. black, black with. Why, like, why would he throw a fire tiger if they're eating perch? Black <laughs> with like olive black. in it. Black with and like some orange. As long as it's black. And like some little bit of green too. Right. Oh, wait, wait. Fire, fire <laughs> tiger, <laughs> fire or tiger. Orange, green, and yellow. Which orange, one? Orange, green, and black, and orange, uh, green, and yellow. Ah, now they all work. Just saying, man. I was just teasing we'll you. Yeah. Throw what you throw. I just, I'm, I'm going to throw saying. big stuff. I'll probably Fire tiger never works. 
I want, I've got a couple big triple Buford type flies that are substantial, but they're going to hang well. So even on a full sink, I'll still get a good pause with them and let them sit. Have you worked hard on the? Have you gotten into the two hand and trying to like figure out how to? Are you just using like a broomstick to overhand cast that big no, fly? No, I've actually I, I've been casting it like a two hand and water loading it, but it's kind of one of them rods where you're only going to use it when necessary. So yeah, now it's kind of necessary, but it, it's a good tool to have. It, it doesn't get used lake. a ton. It rides in a boat every trip, but it doesn't get used a ton. But when I need it, it's it's really the only stick that's perfect for that situation to use. Word. It is. It's, it, it's a good rod. I'm glad I got it. I'll use it more and be able to utilize it more as I use it. But I don't know. It's not like an all-around, everyday, all-day stick, though. It's a big rod. It is. And that line you have on it's heavy. It's a cannon. Yep. Looks like a 700. That's a 700, yeah. Yeah, but you're tossing. <coughs> Holy hell! Fourteen, fifteen-inch flies. It it does it well. It carries. I it. love smallmouths. <laughs> I bet you could. I bet like you work. couldn't catch one. What smallmouth? So right now. I give you a whole week. Oh, hey. Speaking, oh, I sure will. Speaking I, of that, bet you can't catch one. I speaking bet I of can. that, next week we're doing a podcast with the guys from Smalley Talk, the Smalley Talk podcast. Uh, Chris Vaughn and. Uh, Oh, jeez. The guys from the Smalley Talk yeah. podcast. <laughs> I can't wait to throw them minis at them things this spring. When they're eating, like, swim flies. It's going to be later than spring, but... Spring's when they eat big well, flies. Well, I'm talking, like, yeah, like April. You were throwing clouds, mid- mid- but that's when they will eat the big flies. Mid-April to okay. May is what I'm saying. Throw whatever you want. Mid-April they're bass. No. They we, watched, we watched Jace try to do that. Okay. It all depends on... It all that depends on... Hold that on, was a hold Labor on, Day hold on. No, thing hold when on. you guys did that flow, hold on. Jay. Jay. That was it Labor all, Day when you guys did that it flow. It all depends on which is the end level, of summer. level of water. It doesn't matter. If Jason didn't tell you to use it, it's not it's the right It's all level fly. of water, though. And if it isn't be... a game changer, he ain't happy. No, 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 wow. no. It's all level of water. You're that wrong. That stemmed and escalated quickly. All I was saying is when you're ready to eat big flies, I'm ready to throw minis at them. Yeah, spring. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we say... got like a back end of the fall, and Chad, uh, number two, he had poked a couple fish on him. We got a couple on him, but we haven't really got a season to throw them at him. You have to see the I'm water at least to fall see. to a 400 before you're going to watch those fish come up and smash a fly that's going to swim. I disagree with that, though, there. Because I think when you're we, at sevens that, and stuff, you're, you're, better off, you're better off swimming and, and bouncing off the bottom that's, because that's that's, gonna they're be, gonna, you're, not moving, you're moving the fish too far. Then. Could you're be, trying could to ask be, them could to. Be, maybe, maybe not. That's all temperature-related, I think, there. Because let's say you've got 50... Six to but 60. Jay's, d- Jay's done it for a year. If you got 58 to 62, chuck it. More consistently than you've ever done any year. One thing that we haven't done and that we're going to probably have to do is we progress more. When that river's from 700 to 1,000, go out there and throw a 350 grain line that sinks five inch per second. Throw them bigger flies. They're going to eat them. Mm-hmm. And, I don't and, now, and again, now, you have if, to get it, down. if it's 40 degrees, no. Then, then, yeah, what you're saying. But if it's 55 to 60, Oh, they're going to be eating big flies. You just got to get it down deeper. They can't see it up that high, and it's, there's too much current. Throw an eight weight with a 350 on it and six inch per five inch per second line. Bury that five inch fly. We're going to catch a lot of big smallies in that river doing that too. I don't disagree. Just but saying, we just we, you have to have it down, and it's easy for to when they're eating clousers, then it makes it easy. And big fish are eating clousers too. It just makes it easier. Oh, absolutely. You can absolutely. you can fish that seven at a seven hundred, seven hundred and some 
You know what I mean? And and bounce clouds like we do. Mm-hmm. And then when it hits four, now you're swimming flies. Usually, that's how I did it this past year, and it worked out well. Because they stopped eating clousers. I, I kept catching small fish on clousers when it went down too low. And then and, I moved the size of the fly up. Now you know that. Now test it this year and try. Now try something different with it, though. Go heavier, go deeper, and try the same thing. I have a 350. With bigger flies. I, you had a 350 on a lot of times. 250 all the time. And then it was... Is that the one you threw in the creek? Then that's the one that, yeah, broke off. Broke off? Well, no, the line broke, and then no, I had no, a No, 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 I mean, I mean the, re- the reel. I had a sink tip on that. That was 250. The oh, 250 oh. full sink broke in the river. <laughs> going underneath a bunch of stupid rocks, which actually, like, in our river, like, I always... I would rather a floating line with the sink tip. All day. Because... I agree with that. It, especially when you, know, you float, casting, if you, well, yes. if you float with, I mean, if you, if you, you fish, in, if you fish in our oh. areas where we fish, where the rocks are all shitty and they're getting ripped down over things, and you know you're gonna, if There's you a don't, lot of down timber that sticks you don't, up. To if your fly, if your fly line's not up above the water, then it's too hard to rip your fly line back up, make another cast, unless you're fishing with a cat like a basket of some sort, like where you would like strip your line into the basket. Oh yeah, sinking lines going straight. To but the yeah, bottom. so that's how I ripped up my my 250 grain, and Stepping then I all cut it, it. I cut it down, and just made a sink tip out of it, and it worked really well this year. Like a 350 grain sink tip and a 250 grain sink you tip. You made your dad cast it. Oh yeah, because he every time he would cast, go through the guides. Oh yeah, and guess what? The the rejoin catch every fish. Catch all the big fish. He was so pissed when we did that float with Chad number two. He's like. Because I threw it together in like two fucking seconds. And you gave it to your dad. You couldn't have took five seconds. Oh, what do you want from <laughs> me, Chad? Why don't you give him Did a better... Did he catch the big fish? Better setup. Was it's he all right? That you know did. what? It, it, hasn't, it hasn't become what we've won from you, Jay. It's what we've come to learn to expect. <laughs> <laughs> and that is exactly what we would expect. We'll fix it later. Got it. It's done. <laughs> it works good for now. <laughs> Shut up, Dad. <laughs> Shut up. Go fish. <laughs> so, boys, do we have anything else we want to get to? That was it, man. Well, you guys uh, had a fly tying thing, right? No? Uh, we haven't. Was letting know. It was a couple weeks ago. That's all I've been doing is tying. <laughs> fly tying thing. I tie. I tie game changers. Yeah, we we were talking on that one. They look. They look better than join the live. They look better. Join the live to ask dumb questions. They look better than Blaine chocolates. Don't let him hear that. Hey, speaking of that, this weekend podcast. Uh, if anyone is listening to any other podcast besides ours, go listen to April Vokey's Anchored. She interviewed the one and only Kelly Gallup. And uh, if you want to listen to Blaine Chocolate get interviewed, the Orvis podcast. And that's just a uh, two little bits of programming note that's uh pretty cool. Yeah, speaking of on that, it's like December seventh, so if you're gonna order flies, I'd probably do it in the next Christmas deadline. Yeah, Christmas deadline's about near. By the time you hear this episode being uh released, it will be December seventh. Yeah, in all honesty with what I got orders right now, it's gonna be tight. So if you're gonna order anything, I'd probably order it in the next two, three days to get it by Christmas. Do it just, a couple, just a couple minis, man, for stocking stuffers. They kick ass. Or Mark will sell you a gift card. That's a lot of minis. Oh, no, your gift cards work too, huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't have gift cards. 
Good idea. <laughs> one day. One day. Yeah. I mean, one day. That yeah. fit. That fits better in your stocking than a six aught, and you go reaching in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I got? What I got? There's been a lot of Christmas gifts. That's a good one, Jess. I like that. Names change a little bit on the orders. They all of a sudden start going to a lot of females. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, hey, maybe you're, maybe you're getting them girl, in there, yeah. bro. 50-50 on the water. Maybe yeah. you're getting some female musky mm-hmm. fly That's what launchers, fly swimmers. Yeah, this Amen. show this show brought to you by Predator Fly Gear. Check them out, predatorflygear.com. A-Rex Hooks. Go look at the new lineup. They just got arexhooks.com. Sims Fishing. Fish it well. Simsfishing.com. Also, Urban Fly Company. Check them out. Them is in Mark, and he ties some flies. Get them now for Christmas. UrbanFlyCompany.com. Yeti. Built for the wild. Why not fishing? If you're going to travel around, don't get COVID, and go to the Rapid Dock <laughs> and find a buddy. Take a out fishing in this place. Our buddy, Queen City Guiding. QueenCityGuiding.com. Brian Evans, go get a guided trip. Check out all the cool stuff he has on his website. QueenCityGuiding.com.